a, a black teenager was on the elevator carrying a big box and trying to carry the box, he stepped back and bumped up against a white woman. End of story. Ride his own. People formed at the, you know, he was arrested. People formed at the jail. A few black people showed up. Somebody, you know, everybody had guns, including black people back in those days in Oklahoma. Somebody fired a shot, and that was it. Stampede was on. Call out the National Guard, which is all white, and they added to it. The move comes after a 2019 study found regulations were, quote, deficient or failing. It said the National Guard didn't properly track cases and failed to prioritize survivors' needs. Former National Guard member Andrea Pfeiffer has been an outspoken advocate for reform after she was repeatedly assaulted by a higher-ranking officer. She says she's finally seen progress in the past few years, but she hopes the committee will push for more oversight. Some sort of sense that there there is oversight that that our elected officials know that they can ask questions about what's going on in the National Guard, that it's not um, sort of an off-limits topic. In the meeting, National Guard officials highlighted recent changes, like hiring more staff to investigate sexual assault allegations and improving employee training. Leah Tridler, Wisconsin Public Radio. Airlines blame the high number of flight cancellations this summer in part on staffing shortages, especially among pilots. Some in the industry and in Congress are now calling for big changes, such as raising the retirement age for pilots. Here's NPR's David Shaper. I'm standing in a terminal at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, one of the world's busiest. And it is busier here this summer than at any time during the pandemic. But the number of flights operating here is still far below 2019 levels. There are almost 25% fewer flights, as regional airlines have had to cut a lot of service to smaller airports all across the country, all because of what the regional airlines say is a huge shortage of pilots. We have a crisis when it comes to airline travel. We're suffering because of this. That's South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham at his home state's Greenville-Spartanburg airport. Airlines have to make decisions, so when you have less pilots, you got to pick what routes to fly. And regional airports like Greenville and throughout other smaller uh, communities suffer the most. Department of Transportation figures show that more than 30 small airports nationwide have lost more than half of the flight service they used to have, including airports in Toledo, Ohio, Lincoln, Nebraska, and Rochester, Minnesota. Drew Lemos is with the Regional Airlines Association. There are approximately 500 fewer regional aircraft operating today than at the end of 2019. This represents a loss of a quarter of the regional fleet. 500 park aircraft equates to a deficiency of approximately 5,000 pilots. So to keep the industry from losing even more pilots, Graham is sponsoring legislation that would raise the mandatory airline pilot retirement age from 65 to 67. In the next two years, 5,000 pilots will be aged out. Not because they're unsafe, just simply because they reach 65. 
My legislation would allow pilots to continue to fly if they meet the qualifications. We're not dumbing down anything. But the unions representing airline pilots disagree. It's a bad idea and it doesn't solve the problem. Captain Dennis Tager is a 737 pilot for American Airlines and spokesman for the Allied Pilots Association. We caught up at O'Hare after he flew a 737 in Newark and back, and he contends the air travel problems this summer are not simply because of a shortage of pilots. There's a shortage of plans. Management did not plan for this recovery. To save money, they incentivized pilots to retire early, and they never started training the pilots that would fill those other seats. Dager and others also bring up safety concerns, citing research showing that cognitive abilities decline as we age. When recently asked about increasing the mandatory retirement age, United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby noted that more than a third of his airline's pilots that are 64 years old already cannot fly because of medical reasons. And Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg echoed such concerns recently on Fox News Sunday. Look, these retirement ages are there for a reason, and the reason is safety. I'm not going to be on board with anything that could compromise safety. Elizabeth Bierke is an aviation professor and associate dean at the University of North Dakota. She doesn't doubt that some airline pilots would be able to continue flying safely after turning 65, but she says at best it's only a short-term fix. I do think it might be a distraction to the bigger issue of needing to, to increase and inspire the next generation of pilots. Another proposal aimed at quickly increasing the number of airline pilots is to reduce the 1,500 hours of flight time required for airline pilot certification. But Bierke and others point out that the U.S. has enjoyed an unprecedented period of commercial airline safety since that 1,500-hour rule and other safety regulations went into effect a decade ago. And she notes that most aspiring commercial airline pilots earn their flight hours by working as flight instructors. So luring them to the airlines prematurely could exacerbate the pilot shortage. Could we lower that hour uh, requirement and have pilots still be successful at the airlines? Probably, but we need to look at the bigger picture when trying to solve the pilot supply issue is we need qualified flight instructors to train that one-on-one -on -one, uh, flight training to be able to produce the future uh, generation of pilots. Birke and others argue that both reducing flight hours and increasing the pilot retirement age are not long-term solutions to the pilot shortage. But as passenger frustrations this summer grow over chronic flight delays and cancellations, Congress may feel compelled to act on the pilot proposals. David Shaper, NPR News, Chicago. The normally reliable U.S. Postal Service is struggling to keep up with customers around the country saying they're going days or even weeks without mail. That includes Rochester, Minnesota, where some folks say they've been asked to pick up their mail instead of having it delivered. Tim Nelson has more. That old post office motto, we deliver for you, is coming with a caveat more and more these days. They deliver mostly. Rochester doctor Amy Oxentenko noticed it after she put her mail on hold for a family vacation earlier this summer. 
We had, you know, that first week we were back, some fits and stops of several days without mail. And then we started in the spread of almost two weeks with only getting mail one day out of those two weeks. It was a mystery until she talked to a neighbor who told her the carrier was out and there wasn't a replacement. The neighbor went to the post office to try and get the missing mail. No luck there either. There was thousands and thousands of pieces of mail yet to be sorted. A short distance away, Lori Mickelson said she waited two weeks for loan paperwork from a customer in Cannon Falls to make its way through the mail to her equipment dealership outside Rochester. About the same time in June, she put an outgoing letter in the mailbox on the street outside her Rochester home. I put it in on a Wednesday. It wasn't picked up Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Whipped the flag up. Mickelson said she finally drove it to the post office herself the next week. It's a story that's been happening from Rochester to Red Wing, Vermont to California, even after a major financial overhaul of the Postal Service approved by Congress earlier this year, lifting an expensive mandate that the service prepay retiree health benefits. The trouble now... COVID, long-standing complaints about low pay, and a booming job market have left the Postal Service critically short of workers. Postal officials in Rochester alone have just posted nine job openings for city carriers, as well as some rural carrier positions, with pay starting at $19 an hour. A spokesperson said the Postal Service was shifting staff from elsewhere in the state to fill in the gaps, and even held a hiring fair at the Olmstead County Fair in late July. But the Postal Service also said that service interruptions may continue. U.S. Senator Tina Smith says the situation has to improve. It's just not acceptable that people should have such inconsistent mail service. People rely on the mail for their medicine and their package deliveries and to get their bills paid. So this is completely unacceptable. She noted that Congress had already offered the Postal Service a major financial lifeline and that it was disappointing that the problem seemed to be growing. I mean, we shouldn't have to legislate good service. Good service is uh, in the DNA of letter carriers, and it should be in the DNA of the Postal Service. Smith has sent a letter to the Postmaster General, including a reminder that federal law requires six-day-a-week mail service. She's also asking for an accounting of what zip codes have been affected by these service disruptions, how long they've been going on, and when the Postal Service expects normal service to return. Her counterpart, Democrat Amy Klobuchar, also sent a letter to the postmaster last week, noting that in an election year, delays could have a critical impact on voting as people rely on the mail to get ballots and voter information. Post office observers say customers nationwide are reporting similar experiences as the Postal Service, the focus of unusual controversy during the Trump administration, has taken unprecedented steps to right its financial ship, The agency managed to halve its losses in 2021, down from nearly $9.2 billion in 2020, and it says it's doing everything it can to provide good service. But critics say former logistics executive and Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's 10-year plan to prioritize package delivery, raise prices, consolidate facilities, and make other changes is backfiring. Annie Norman with the nationwide Save the Post Office campaign, a coalition of postal unions and financial reform and advocacy nonprofits, says authorization to provide basic financial products like savings accounts and check cashing, as well as other services, could bolster the postal service's bottom line. Like bus passes, subway passes, Wi-Fi access, 
um, hunting licenses. There's all kinds of opportunities to innovate and find new sources of revenue for the next century to build the People's Post Office of the future. But whatever the solution, it's likely to be, like some of the mail in southeastern Minnesota, a slow process. Tim Nelson, NPR News. New York. New York, New, New York. York City's economy depends on workers returning to their offices, but that hasn't been easy. And if the city didn't have enough challenges, there's now a perception that New York is less safe. NPR's David Gora reports. First, it was the COVID variants that upended companies' plans to bring employees back. Now, it's the headlines. Police say a 40-year-old Asian woman was pushed to her death in front of an incoming southbound R train. A routine subway ride from Brooklyn to Manhattan was 48-year-old Daniel Enriquez's final ride. Shot dead by a fellow... Gas mask and reflective vest opened two smoke canisters on an end train and fired nearly three dozen shots. In a city where an estimated 80% of office workers rely on public transportation, those attacks on commuters struck a nerve even though crime is nowhere near historic highs. According to the New York Police Department, murders and shootings are down year-to-date, although felony assaults are up about 20 percent. But a string of alarming attacks and coverage of them is fueling this perception public safety is an issue. That's not lost on Mayor Eric Adams, who spoke to reporters after Michelle Goh was killed. She was the woman pushed in front of a train at the Times Square station. To lose a New Yorker in this fashion would only continue to elevate the fears of individuals not using our subway system. Go's death sent shockwaves through the city, especially through the Asian American community and the financial services industry. She was a consultant for Deloitte. The victim of another attack worked for Goldman Sachs. And the CEOs of those two companies confronted Mayor Adams at meetings Kathy Wilde helped organize. She runs a business group called the Partnership for New York City. The executives came out very strong saying we can't, in conscience, bring our people back to work and encourage them to ride the subways unless we see tangible evidence that you're doing something about this. Now, it's not just Wall Street that's worried. About half of respondents to a recent Quinnipiac poll said crime is the most urgent issue facing New York City today. But banking and finance make up a significant part of the city's economy, and its CEOs have been especially vocal about the need for workers to come back. We have to have a safe environment for people. That's David Solomon, the head of Goldman Sachs, who says strong economic growth requires vibrant cities. And to have vibrant cities, people have to feel safe. Solomon is a lifelong New Yorker who remembers what the city felt like when crime was high in the 1970s and 80s. Acknowledges it's made a comeback since then, but he says right now it feels different from when his kids grew up in New York. You know, it depends on your lens. The city is certainly less safe. I would say it's a little grittier and a little dirtier. And as Solomon notes, other cities are also dealing with this. Of course, not everyone feels New York has become less safe. Fueling this perception is the city seems less crowded. Subway ridership is still about half of what it was before the pandemic. Sean Woodruff is the head of human resources at the financial services firm TIAA. While he's heard from workers who are worried about safety, Woodruff points out there haven't been more incidents involving his employees. I think there's this perception that New York City is like the wild, wild west. And I'm not sure that the actual crime statistics supports the perception. But that perception is there. 
especially among young people who worry that if they don't come back to the office, they'll miss out on mentoring and career opportunities. Kathy Wild of the Partnership for New York City says they're dealing with something that's new to them. A whole generation of New Yorkers never gave a thought to their personal safety and security because we were the safest big city in America, perhaps the world. Like other CEOs, Wild is worried about the future, that New York City will lose some of its appeal if it continues to be seen as a place that isn't as safe as it once was. David Gura, NPR News, New York. Dollar Store Fair Buying food in dollar stores is an easy way to save money. Unless your purchase is tainted by toxins, heavy metals, or other poisons that harm the brain. Be especially wary of imported candies and tinned meats. Lead and microbes can leach into them from their containers, and these dangers won't be acknowledged on the label. Imported pottery, too, can have high levels of lead. Such purchases might be better obtained from discount outlets that carry U.S.-regulated goods. Join with friends and neighbors to buy economically in bulk at a big-box store instead, where you are less likely to encounter unregulated foreign fare. Around 2017, Anthony Jackson found himself in a typical spot for a college student. His financial aid was running short, and he needed a job. Hey, I'll go work at the dollar store. Not too bad. You ring people up, stock the shelves. Or was I in for a rude awakening? Jackson says both the bathroom and AC were broken at a New Orleans Dollar General he worked at. It was also dangerous, like the time he caught someone shoplifting underwear. I remember saying, hey, stop. And he raised his shirt up and he had his gun. Dollar stores have expanded across the country, especially in the South. And complaints about work conditions and safety have grown with them. David Williams had similar experiences at a different New Orleans Dollar General. He still likes the job, but if he's going to be working that hard, he wants a lot more money. He did recently get a raise from eight twenty-five an hour to nine twenty-five. I'm like, what? What am I gonna do with this? Like, I can't take care of myself like this, or or even uh, the possibility of having a family to take care of something like this. This is pretty much like a slap in the face. So Williams got involved with Step Up Louisiana. They're a group organizing dollar store workers in the state. Williams has been recruiting other workers to join up and knows by now how those conversations usually start. The first thing they ask us is, are you a union? And we tell them flat out, no, we're not a union. A lot of the talk around the current labor movement focuses on union elections and victories. But experts say the movement has always included plenty of groups pushing for workers' rights without relying on unionizing. Mentioning unions in the South can be a non-starter. Despite the current union hype, membership was tied for a record low in the country last year, and especially low in southern states. Williams says the people he's recruiting usually relax after he puts aside the U-word. Once the word union is unfearful and is out the way, that's when we all get together, come up with a plan, and figure out how we're going to fight this. Anthony Jackson since graduated from college, and now he's an organizer in training with Step Up. The group supports unions, but they say they're not a union. They use the more palatable term, organization. Organization is better. I've seen it be more smoother because we don't know people's assumptions of what a union may be. What do you see as a difference between those two things? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's a tough question. Um, play on words be honest. Okay, yes, semantics is a big part of the difference. 
Though unions do have one big advantage over other labor groups, collective bargaining. Basically, once workers vote to unionize, employers are required by law to negotiate with the union in good faith. But getting to that point means winning an election, which can take years. And good faith leaves a lot of wiggle room for those negotiations to drag on for even longer. Other labor groups rely on tactics that don't have the same legal support, but can provide faster results, like going straight to the media. April 26, 2020. Written by Kenya Slaughter, myself. Kenya Slaughter works at a Dollar General in Alexandria, Louisiana. During the pandemic, Step Up Louisiana helped her get an op-ed she wrote published by the New York Times. I've been working at Dollar General here for more than two years. My manager is wonderful and I have a great relationship with my customers. But when I took this job, I never planned to become a worker on the front line of a pandemic. I closed the register. Slaughter called out Dollar General for not providing workers with protective equipment like masks and plexiglass in front of cash registers. After the op-ed went out, Slaughter says the company quickly sent out the gear. Did not need a union to get that done, and it got done expeditiously. <laughs> they sent us an overflow, especially my store, because I was there. I had all type of people calling my phone trying to see what they could do. Other tactics labor groups rely on include petitions, pressuring politicians, and protesting. Step Up did just that outside a Dollar General shareholder meeting last May. The protesters brought orange banners, picket signs demanding safer stores, and a New Orleans second-line band. Now, other changes have been slow coming since Slaughter's 2020 op-ed, and she's not ruling out pushing for a union someday. But a union is a tool, not an end goal. And she says now's not the right time. I won't say that I hope that we end up a union. Ultimately, I just want what's right. For her, that means better scheduling, more security, and at least $15 an hour. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. You leave San Francisco like, bye, thanks for coming to San Francisco. You have my statement. If you want to send your email, I'll resend it to you. We caught up with San Francisco Supervisor Shimon Walt and asked him about the alleged confrontation that he had with the sheriff's cadet. That was his response you saw right there to our Leanne Melendez. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Larry Beal. And I'm Karina Nova. The president of San Francisco's Board of Supervisors says he has no intentions of resigning from office following allegations that he verbally harassed and threatened a sheriff's department cadet. The employee in question is asking that the case be reviewed by the city for potential violation of its harassment policies. ABC 7 News reporter Leanne Melendez interviewed both the cadet and the supervisor, Shimon Walton, and she joins us live from the newsroom. Leanne. Absolutely. Well, at this moment, it may seem like we are dealing with conflicting reports from the cadet and the president of the Board of Supervisors. But in this case, there were witnesses, number one. Number two, a video of that incident has been released by the city building management at City Hall. Now, this video released, we're looking at it right now. Apparently, there is no video. Uh, not sure about the quality of that video, but it shows at least what happened, the moment it happened, the exchange between both Butler and Walton, and what point did their super, his supervisor uh, intervene, and of course the people who uh, were there. Now, in the meantime, here's what Cadet uh, Butler and Supervisor Walton told me. 
I just want him to tell the truth. Imari Butler granted us an interview stating that he wanted to clear his name and remind people of what happened on that busy morning of Pride weekend, June 24th, when board president Shaman Walton went through one of the security checkpoints at San Francisco City Hall. In the past, the supervisor would always get screened with a handheld security wand. So it was really crowded. So when he came in, I tried to give him a warning that, you know, he was going to have to take off his belt. And then he just decided that he wasn't going to do it. Unwilling to cooperate, Cadet Butler says Supervisor Walton verbally harassed him in front of everyone waiting in line. Looks at me, points at the window and says, it's N-words like you that look like me. That's always a problem. And he continues to go on and say, this is some, you know, N-word, S-H-I-T, and repeats it again. At that point, Butler says his supervisor allowed Walton to go through the checkpoint, but not without, in his words, threatening him. So he gets his things, and as he's walking towards the elevator, he looks at me and he goes, "Uh, you must not know who I am, I'll whoop your ass. We went over the city's harassment-free workplace policy put out by the Human Resources Department. It states that harassment consists of unwelcome visual, verbal, or physical conduct. In recent days, Supervisor Walton has gone on the record accusing the Sheriff's Department of retaliating against him, stating that in the past he has received unfair treatment at the security checkpoints. Today we approached Walton, who a few weeks ago asked school board member Ann Chu to resign after she made some racially insensitive remarks towards black and Latino families. Yeah, but what's your reaction to all of this, the I've, controversy? The I've thing is that you've asked Ann Chu to resign and, and she apologized so let, let me, and you have let, apologized. So let me too, be but, clear about this. Ann Chu made racist remarks towards the black and brown population. That has nothing to do with the inaccuracies reported by the sheriff's department. You have my statement. If you want to send your email, I'll resend it to you. But should you resign? Of course not. As of today, none of the supervisors have asked Walton to resign. With the exception of Dean Preston, most have remained quiet about the controversy. I'm, I, I don't have, I have no intention to do that and not, no, no. Well, but, but my question is that, you know, you supported well, me, Collins, me, Allison no, Collins, and then you so, asked and so I thought you were resign. here to do an uh, interview about the eviction rally. We have tenants, residents facing eviction here. So, you know, I, if your question is, am I asking Shaman Walton to resign? The answer is no. Full transparency, ABC 7 News did cover that press conference on evictions for our newscast. In the meantime, Cadet Butler says at this point, an apology from Walton wouldn't mean much to him. And yes, I I do feel offended by some of the things that he said as far as the comments about it being about solidarity and uh, between two black men. I don't agree with that at all. And you read the city harassment-free workplace policy, and you can certainly argue that this cadet falls under the category of protected class. Now, Larry, harassment of employees, applicants, or persons providing services to the city by contract, whether by employees or non-employees, they say is prohibited. All right, Leanne, stay with us here as we bring in ABC7 News insider Phil Matier joining us. Uh, You saw... Leanne's reporting on this whole confrontation and what is happening at City Hall. You have this situation, you have the, the Ann Shue situation, and she was rebuked for her comments. Uh, she really, rebuked what, herself. 
She apologized and rebuked herself. What's going on at City Hall is the mayor has asked for Shimon to apologize. Nobody's asked for him to resign. But this is a classic case, Larry, of the, the supervisors and the elected officials that make the rules, but they don't necessarily have to follow themselves. The city can find, uh, make a finding on the supervisor, but that doesn't, they don't get to hold them accountable. Elected officials get, will do that themselves. It's interesting also to note that about a year ago, a fellow supervisor, Aaron Peskin, apologized for his bullying of city staff when confronted with it. And at the time, Shimon Walton defended Peskin, saying that, no, 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 in fact, the true bullies were the members of the mayor's staff who said they were being bullied by Peskin. So that gives you a flavor of what's going on. Phil, and I want to add this. You can almost call this a Will Smith moment, if yeah. you will. Uh, you know, we can say what was going through the mind of uh, the board president, Shimon Walton, but clearly he was very upset. Apparently he lost his cool and he acted. Now, again, what uh, this cadet is telling me is that at this point, an apology at this point wouldn't mean too much no. to him, as you heard there. But what he wants from uh, Supervisor Walton is for him to go in front of all the supervisors and, in his words, tell the truth. Well, this is where things get complicated and lawyers get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, Leanne, to put it very bluntly, uh, you know, the more that the, the supervisor sort of places the blame on the cadet, that increases possibly the city's liability should the cadet say, you know, I'm the one who's being attacked here. I'm going to file a claim against the city. And so it's, there is a, a rule in politics. If you're in trouble, stop digging. And at this point, Supervisor Walton doesn't appear to be wanting to stop digging. And I'm hearing from one of my sources that the line to defend this cadet is very long. There you go. That's politics. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, before we go here, Phil, what are the possible scenarios? Okay. How could this play out? Well, one thing is there could be uh, the cadet could win a hearing in front of a city board to decide what uh, it actions or have it reviewed, have it go public, even if the Board of Supervisors doesn't take it up. The Board of Supervisors could, although Shimon Walton is the president, try to make some statement there once they're back from their recess. The other one is what we see a lot in America, the lawsuit. And you can bet that everybody is looking at that going, okay, what's the, the city's liability in this when the dust settles, if it ever settles. All right. To be continued, Leanne, Phil, thanks very much for your insights. Nevertheless, they could not understand that I'm a black man and I can never be a veteran. Black veteran hired as technician was called slurs and given degrading tasks, feds say. A black veteran hired as a technician was called racial slurs and given humiliating and degrading tasks while working for a company in Florida, according to a newly settled federal lawsuit. All that, racial slur, is good for his cleaning, Shaking Peterson's then-supervisor, who is white, said of the former Navy technician when he was the only black worker in his department at Ring Power Corporation in St. Augustine, court documents show. Now Ring Power, a cat-heavy equipment dealer, has agreed to pay $65,000 to settle a race discrimination lawsuit filed by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission after no action was taken following Peterson's complaints, according to an August 8 news release. Ultimately, Peterson resigned in 2017 after his fellow technicians joked he was nothing more than a maid and he was demoted following his supervisor's recommendation to fire him because of his race, according to a complaint. McClatchy News contacted attorneys listed for Ring Power for comment on August 8 and was awaiting a response. 
Ring Power hired Peterson in July 2013 after the naval veteran technician applied to work at the company's headquarters in St. Augustine while at a job fair in Chicago, court documents show. He won't be here for long, the supervisor said shortly after Peterson was hired, the complaint states. This supervisor repeatedly referred to Peterson and black people using racist language, according to prosecutors. Because of Peterson's race, the supervisor, routinely assigned Peterson janitorial work assignments such as sweeping, mopping and buffing ring power shop's floors, while he worked there, court documents state. Meanwhile, the other technicians who were not black would take on technical work including equipment repair and battery testing, prosecutors say. After his supervisor argued that Peterson should get fired, Peterson was demoted from working as a technician to being an apprentice, according to the EEOC. As a result, Peterson was no longer making $38,480 a year, his pay was cut to $21,120 a year, according to the complaint. When Peterson eventually graduated from the apprentice program, Ring Power refused to give him technical work and continued assigning him janitorial duties, prosecutors say. Because of his race, Peterson was the lowest paid technician at Ring Power among other technicians in his department, the complaint states. No corrective action was taken after Peterson complained to Ring Power managers and human resources about his treatment, which violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the news release says. Title VII prohibits race discrimination. It is the unfortunate reality that racial discrimination still plagues many workplaces in Florida, EEOC Regional Attorney Robert E. Weisberg said in a statement. The EEOC will continue to take legal action to root out such conduct. The lawsuit settlement comes one month after another company, Lone Wolf Resources, agreed to pay $50,000 to settle allegations of racial discrimination that took place at the company's Jacksonville worksite, McClatchy News previously reported. There, management was accused of ordering a supervisor to stop hiring black workers. Ring Power, in addition to paying $65,000, must hold specialized trainings regarding race discrimination for its human resources officers and managers, according to the EEOC. Additionally, Ring Power must post a notice about the lawsuit, as well as submit two written reports to the EEOC, the news release says. Dang, that is crazy. I was, uh, hmm. Context of white supremacy. Uh, Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast. I got uh, discombobulated a little bit there. At the end of that clip that I did create, we don't have staff here, but uh, I was focused on Mr. Peterson, naval veteran. You know, they called him a nigger and a maid and all the rest of it. And I didn't really catch that part of the end where they said, oh, wait a minute. In Jacksonville, the supervisor told them not to hire black. I was like, what? What? Where? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Uh, so this is from the newsobserver.com. I think that's North Carolina supervisor ordered to stop hiring black workers at Florida company. That's the title of the report. Man, what is what is that that moron he asks? Who is more confused about racism? Now, how can you be confused about white supremacy racism and you are told, "Hey, don't hire negroes." Let's see. We'll just hear a little bit. It says a supervisor was ordered to stop hiring black workers at a construction company in Jacksonville, Florida. An EEOC race discrimination lawsuit states they say race. They don't say racism. They don't say white supremacy. A race discrimination lawsuit says 
A supervisor was ordered to stop hiring black workers at a construction company in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, a father and son management duo. <laughs> That's a family business. I'm not talking about construction. I mean, white supremacy racism as a global system known universe. Family affair. Father and son management duo ordered a supervisor to stop hiring black workers because you know what it is. You know what it is. Why you don't hire black people? lazy niggers you already know the pair used repeated racial slurs they got this in quotes why is this in quotes (laughs) the pair used repeated racial slurs when talking about black people particularly about one of the company's few black employees who was ultimately fired based on his race in 2019 after the supervisor attempted to support him an equal employment opportunity commission complaint filed against the company states dang let's see the company is accused of giving the black employee who was a truck operator in charge of transporting rocks the least desirable and most labor intensive task in quotes manually pumping water out of ponds when he is not driving according to the EEOC complaint meanwhile this task was never given to white workers who held a similar position how are you ignorant about racism Let's see. On one occasion, the company's co-owner and manager, the father and son pair accused of making racist comments against the black worker, told the supervisor to fire the employee, according to the EEOC. However, the supervisor refused. This employee was denied a yearly performance review, which was routinely given to white workers. And this prevented him from potential pay raise. The complaint said the father and son pairs accused of telling the supervisor that they hoped this would cause him to resign. They probably didn't say him. Negro. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, they got, you know, they got the link here. For the racial slurs like i'd i would be kind of lazy if i didn't what is the racial slur he said oh <laughs> you got a clip let me see let me see let me see u.s equal opportunity commission oh this is from the eoc website this is government so this is validated right okay so according to the eoc's lawsuit lone what man in that welsing moment Dr. Francis Isis Papers is Romulus Remus suckled off of lone wolves. Lone wolf management at the company's Jacksonville location referred to black employees using racial slurs. Specifically, the lawsuit alleges that a lone wolf manager referred to a black employee as a come on. Now, Let's see if you get this one. How many get this one? 
called him a blue gum monkey. Ignorant about racism, white supremacy. That's what you need. You need Jane Elliott to come in and say, hey, 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 hey. You do not call the nigra a blue gum monkey. What's wrong with you? It's 2022. Ah! I want to know. Wait a minute. I want to know. I read that from the Charlotte Observer. That's where I got that from. The Charlotte Observer. How do you read this report and say, whoa, he called him a blue gum monkey? <laughs> We're not going to put that like, man, I would have put that in the title, man. What are you, it's 2022. How are you calling people in the workplace, you blue gum monkey? I need to play the fuller sound of, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Woo. It's 2000. Let me, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Make sure I didn't miss it. I got to take, I was sitting at the beach. I got to take my sunglasses off. My God, you can't be cool when you're a blue gum monkey. Oh, and lazy. I missed it. I missed it. I didn't get it all. So it's. Uh, he referred to black employee as a blue gum monkey, called him nigra, and called black people lazy. Uh, let's see. Any more slurs? Any more slurs? Okay, yeah, so that's... Wow. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, if you are repeating that, then, you know, maybe that's that whole replicating and, oh, you know, we're participating and we don't want to repeat that sort of language and it's deplorable. Hey, I'm of the opinion there are way too many confused black people we don't understand. They hear Neely Fuller Jr. I can't play the clip. I can't play the clip, man. I haven't even heard that before. Is that common? Like, you blue gum monkey <laughs> BGM <laughs> what I never even heard that before <laughs> never even that's like con- <sighs> that's why that right for me now you can take that position for white people I am of the opinion all of that is refinement it's 2022 Make that point. When we start talking all this nonsense about a white people greatly pained and what do they think about us and all that, you, me, everyone that you care about, if they're classified as black and hey, this is black people. This is not black and brown people. This is not people of color. Just the nigra. We are blue gum monkeys. And what Fuller says, hey, we've been so brain trashed. Apparently, many of us see each other as blue gum monkeys can't just be a monkey gotta be a blue gum monkey (sighs) gobsmacked ladies and gentlemen that wasn't I didn't even have that for sure. I was going to say before we even got started, like, man, 
we have so many spectators, man, for neutralizing workplace racism, specifically counter racism in general, but specifically neutralizing workplace racism. Like I beg what's going on with COVID-19 and all that. (laughs) People don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess some people could be working from home, but I mean, really. And so many people don't, you know, comment, share all the rest. I was going to say before I even I didn't even know about this report. I don't even think I consciously I said I played that last segment where this was mentioned. I was focused on Mr. Peterson. That's what the report was about. Naval veteran. They mistreated him and ca- called him a nigger too. Called him a maid. Same thing. You're going to be out of here long. You're not going to be around. I'm a naval veteran. And they did the same thing. They gave him the least desirable tasks. And they fired him. That's why I was playing. I didn't even catch the part. They're like, what? Oh, okay, yeah, Mr. Peterson. Yes, black veterans. Yes. I was, there were so many reports like, man, I don't know what, you know, if it's the COVID thing and they've had the labor shortage or what. But I mean, wow, it's tons of reports of things that are happening in the workplace like that alone. Pay attention. Check out what's happening. Like you could learn some things that you could use, get information about things that happen in the workplace always good to get a reminder hey system of white supremacy you know what you are if you're classified as black BGM don't forget don't care if you're a veteran how many degrees you got how much traveling you done how many zeros you got in that bank account BGM now we'll do it context of white supremacy Gus renegade aka blue gum monkey and for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy racism man what does it mean to be white today's date Friday August 12 2022 So I have been told our weekly broadcast on neutralizing workplace racism. This here is not for spectators. So if you, they don't call you BGM to your face, at least that you know of. They don't call you Nigra. They don't look at you. He's not going to be here long. They don't look at you and then go tell the supervisor, hey, don't hire any more Nigras see that one out lazy rapist don't hire any more niggers see if we can get rid of this one they don't do you are valued love they come down wow you have the prettiest teeth ever wow that's what they say about you intelligent smart always punctual joy to work with asset to the company just what I said and compensation to match they don't have you out there draining the pond. No, you, one of us. They, what my man say in New Jersey? You are in the inner circle, or at least you got a comfortable desk. They don't come and hold you hostage and demand that you come out and have tacos and hot dogs with them because it's summertime. You can come, do your work, compensated nicely, go home to your family, attempted. How did you do that? And never be called BGM. How did you do that? Let us know. 
720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. I guess I'll share this article, but I feel conflicted because the News Observer report doesn't have the blue gum monkey component in it. And I think you need that like to really like get your attention about exactly what what was the reason for all of this. Like you need the details. That's not in the News Observer report, but it is linked. So maybe I'll I'll quote what they said in the EEOC report and then give them the bing. That's the way I'll do it. Wow. Uh, All of that. Pay attention to what's happening in the news. Read the paper. Listen. Watch the news. Whatever it is. Pay attention. Be informed about things that are happening locally, nationally, globally. No universe really in the system of white supremacy because really that's all that they're ever talking about. Directly, indirectly, that's what it's all related to. Okay, uh, BGM, I'm still trying to get my bearings back. Wheel it back in. Okay. All right, I had a plan for what I was going to discuss. Man, so I got double whammy today, workplace racism. All right, so I had two things to say that were not in the audio. One of them was that came out of nowhere. The other... I spoke with Emmy. Remember her, listeners? Maybe some newer folks. Long-time listener. Uh, she is in med school. That's why she's not been able to participate live, but still on the counter-racist grind. And really, the only reason she's in med school, as she said, her cosmic assignment. We need more Dr. Welsings. Folks who have a medical degree, understanding of healing, medicine, and then using that for counter-racist purposes. We need more of those folks. Gave her report, all workplace racism. We said, you know, school, especially once you hit like the college, grad school, med school, law school, any of that master's program, anything like that. Oh, yeah, that is for sure your career. And that's the way you need to think about it. If you don't, you should even really high school, middle school. That's your career right there. That's the way you think you should think about it. If you don't, you should. Anyway. She says, man, racism, white supremacy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't tell the whole thing, but wow. So, Gusty, I have whined and complained for months. I said, man, they should have Ralph Northam as the governor of Virginia forever. I never even called him that. I said, the coon man. Remember him? He wasn't just the governor of Virginia until lately. He also medical doctor. That but we're actually I was going to say blackface. We don't know if he was the Klansman or in blackface, but whatever the white supremacist photograph that he has admitted. Oh, yeah. One of them is me. Even that. Like, come on. Uh, That was while he was in med school in Virginia. That's not, you know, a strange one-time thing that's not an anomaly many many white people have dressed up as Klansmen for a variety of reasons many many white people have dressed in blackface for a variety of reasons still happens to this day one of the faculty members 
in med school in blackface this all comes out in the news and you know people are saying he should be fired of course what does Fuller say white people don't get fired they get transferred and sometimes not even transferred so no he doesn't get fired he matter of fact the apology he gives he doesn't just come out you know my bad folks you know I was a little ignorant I have taken some diversity equity inclusion class actually do it the correct way I've taken some diversity inclusion equity classes die 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 niggers and uh, you know I've got it right I've read some Jane Elliott I listened to some W. Kamau Bell and you know I got it together I'm, I'm never going to do that again and uh, you know long live Jesse Jackson Al Sharpton Harambee he could do that no 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 that's not what he did he said hey you know what I had black friends plenty of them and they said it is all right brother you can do it we know you are a part of the culture you're not a racist same thing they said about Joey and Dylan Roof. that's what he did now he didn't present his black brothers to authenticate his street cred and all that so we just have to take his word that he did have black friends at this time and they said that this was okay for him to do anywho so this is the environment this is the faculty and what have you and the students supporting him right on we don't want him to go blah 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 Anyway, so fast forward, blah, blah, blah. So we get into med school. This is mostly white people, as you know, we would expect it to be. Very, very few black people, especially few black males, all of that as it should be. She said what she would encourage black people, if they're going into this environment and want to go to med school, thinking about it, great. We need more Dr. Welsings, more black people uh, who have medical expertise, medical doctors, all that. Research. Make sure you do a lot of research about your program, where you're going to be. Uh, med school is not something where you can just transfer or drop out, that sort of thing. Uh, and many of these uh, like grad programs are like that. It's a little more difficult to just, you know, hop out. So really do your research. Uh, she said, in fact, uh, when they you interview you, you are interviewing them, which is something that we've talked about before. Do your research. In fact, this whole uh, blackface with this faculty member this happened within the last like four years I want to say so this is one where I say sometimes it might be a good idea to just pick a company you know Domino's McDonald's Papa John's whatever the school whatever it is uh, and just do a search see does anything come up related to this institution racism white supremacy anything at all just you want to be aware in fact that could even be a question that you ask going in you know that I, I saw this was reported in the news is this true and if so have you all done anything to make sure that this problem never happens again see what they say now you can think about that now do I think that's a risky question to ask before the interview that might be pertinent information that you want to know before you enter an environment though right so I mean you have to weigh but I mean wow Either way, whether you ask the question or not, get the information. And I mean, hey, Emmy seems to have made a choice. She said, interview them. That's exactly what she said. And she said, that's what she would share with others. You interview them. There should be information that you want to know to make sure that you are making the best choice for yourself before you make this big commitment of time and energy. Also, very important to keep in mind these folks are not 
your friends and that's unfortunately the white people and the non-white people she said hey nothing we haven't recommended here before on a regular basis these are not your brothers and sisters and homies and all the rest of it i think she even had one she said she tried to get uh the black students together hey sisters let's get together we kick it black ladies we're gonna do it we can study going together beginning our career uh and she said i think one of them brought along a white female like what what wait wait a minute we we the sisters we supposed to melanin and yeah yeah because you can't really be like hey man you gotta you know tell this cracker to get her cracker ass out of it you can't really you know uh let's see but they're not your friends bgm we just talked about that these folks are not your friends so sometimes you need that reminder you gotta be like whoa they think I'm a blue gum monk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we no BGM. Uh, efficiency. This is a big one. I value efficiency. And what I mean in efficiency, uh, doing things as fast as possible without a problem. I don't mean being reckless and sloppy, but as fast as you can logically safely get something done if the task can be safely adequately accomplished in 60 seconds let's get it done in 60 seconds if we can do it in 59 safely adequately let's do it in 59 if this is something that can be done in 60 seconds even if it's a conversation that we can conclude everything that needs to be said has been said in 60 seconds let's do it we do not want this should have been a 60 second conversation and it took an hour that oh no and race soldiers are phenomenal with that sort of thing wasting your time efficiency that was something that we talked about especially when it's a problem efficiently getting this problem solved and hopefully permanently so we don't ever have to address this again now that will be challenging with race soldiers they are incorrigible as they say but that's what we want to work for and again not taking all day with all this sometimes one way speeding up that process we just get in the question lane as quickly as possible and these questions you form them so that they are heading in the direction of getting this problem solved as quickly as possible. That's what we're aiming for, at least for me. That is the objective. Efficiently getting that accomplished every time. Not having these back and forth going talking emails any sort of exchanges that are just on and on and on and on and on wasting your time now this one has come up many many times and they're doing studies on this i think even some of our listeners have said man i'm studying this myself racism and memes now a lot of this is workplace related and beyond but certainly in the workplace sending these little images and what have you and the gifts and all the rest of it uh and their little racist jokes 
Now, she even says some of this was happening uh, in their group chats and what have you, where you have to do assignments and talk about things and whatever. It's supposed to be professional, right? This is med school. They don't just let anybody in. And it's super expensive, takes a lot of time, years, all the rest of it. As opposed to being professional, talking about the assignments, whatever we're supposed to be studying, anatomy, all the rest. They're on here. They have taken an image of a white professor in a bandana now now you already know where this is going now they got the picture of the professor in the uh, bandana we'll just say for argument's sake it was a blue one so now they got him and Snoop Dogg together with their blue bandanas on okay so they take Snoop Dogg out and they you know put in Chris Rock and they take uh, Chris Rock out and this you know just goes on and on they just keep adding black people okay so they get so now they got him up with his blue bandana the white professor and I believe this might have been the white professor who was in the blackface if that means anything anyway so he's got his blue bandana on so now they put Dr. Martin Luther King up next to him and she says some of the black like whoa 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 now I mean but this is totally I've been hurt this is totally insensitive. Uh, if you're not aware, let's please post things that are not injurious to other black people. That's what I mean about efficiency. Victims guarantee qualified VGQ. They certainly can say all of that. I, anything that even sounds like I'm talking to a white person, like they're not aware that all of this is real. I mean, for even before we got to Dr. King, I don't know why they have to involve Dr. King in some so many generations of white people have to do things practicing racism, targeting him, including killing him, but whatever. Uh, they even just like with Snoop, you know, all of this, I, they, they were even saying that, like, why do so many of these memes and things, why do they have to involve black people? What's up? What, why is that? They could have just grabbed like white people and just put a whole bunch of white people in the image with him. Not that that would have been any better. And again, what does this have to do with med school? We don't have things to study. Ebola, COVID, <laughs> monkeypox. There's no shortage of plagues that are about to kill us. And we're photoshopping Snoop and Dr. King. Anywho, uh, efficiency. We even talk about that with this type of situation. Uh, do you all think that this promotes a professional environment for the study group? Or can we please promote a safe, non-toxic, professional work environment? Or I love it if they do have policy and procedure, because we heard that, love that on this platform. Screenshot the page. Highlight the portion that talks about appropriate conduct, use of social media, email, all of that. And then you don't have to say that if you want to make a statement, bang, there would be the statement. But I wouldn't I'm not going back and forth. Oh, I didn't know that this was hurtful. And oh, quickly as possible. And I don't want to have to. This is one. Let's see if we can wrap this one up in 30 seconds. 
BGM. Gotta remember that. BGM. That's what they're gonna be calling me. Even after I say blue gum monkey up here telling us we can't post that Chris Rock images. So since that's like kind of the new like twenty first century, oh they still will call you a nigger. We heard a lot of that, but I mean the memes, oh that is twenty first century. It's lots of that. So, and that would be another reason. What is that idiot? He said for like a decade plus you're in the workplace. This is not your house, residence, whatever. This is not the time, place to have your pictures and pictures of your mom and your dad and sisters and brothers and all the rest of it. This is not the environment for that at all. Even pictures of you. No. Only things that are in your work area are things that you need to complete your job. And that's it. You having pictures up? Ooh. Oh. We'd love it. Scan that one and let's meme away. Now, what is your code? You can dial in and share. If you don't have one, you should think of it. This is 21st century. So, you come in check your email or see the images that other people are sharing and all that and you see they have concocted an image let's say you made a mistake many of us do most of us will you made a mistake you had a picture of a family member at your desk let's say it was your your mother lovely woman you have a picture of your your black female mother and these racist scoundrels they've snared it and they go to work boom boom that's what they've done all day. Remember last week, uh, caller in Florida, near Jacksonville, see? he called in and he said the folks that spent all that time on the YAM report, put it in a newsletter, might have spent a whole week, more maybe even. Sound like it might have been a group project. Did the same thing. Sat around, waste all this goofy time uh, on some total nonsense. They get your mother's, uh, what you call it, picture, and they go and have Will Smith smacking your mother with a KFC drumstick now they think this is the funniest thing ever passing it around they've emailed it to everybody got blow up pictures of it you know all over the other <laughs> he's got extra crispy <laughs> this is all over yeah, or like I said they got you know everybody in the companies you know got the email <laughs> got the drumstick <laughs> I love Will Smith okay now What's your response? Just to see, because this is like 21st century. This is it. And if it's not your mother, if you slip up, leave another picture or you. They do all these goofy pictures in the workplace. Bam, they still might even take the picture. Folks that have IDs in the workplace, they might go with the IT people and get the picture that you took for your ID badge or whatever. And man, put you up there. Will Smith going upside your head and then everybody in the company has that one what's your response seems like we might need the meme response the racist meme response because it's so widespread and probably easier because racial and this is what they do got a little bit of free time oh let's see if we, we put in a newsletter oh we got any pictures that they leave in around we could do some old memes and say oh that'll be so fun we got something just bored don't have anything to do again i don't know what mine thinks like that but when i have free time i got things to do we don't have laundry you don't have dishes to wash and programs you don't have things to do 
yoga, cooking, you don't have things to do, grocery shopping, you don't have things to do. Mistreating niggers, what else is there to do? BG, what is it? B G M. That's what we doing. Thinking up things to call you. Got it. Okay. Uh, so that's all, Emmy. The memes, although the memes, yes, because she said that was happening. So if you have a code, how you would respond, how you recommend people respond for that, I guess my cheap one would be hit the save button. If everybody's going to have it, make sure that you have like 50 copies saved, hard drive, all of that. Put that in your workplace journal for sure. And then you can figure out what else you're going to do. Um, the clips and the man. <laughs> I'll be very quick and then we can get to the callers, the emails. I didn't even get to all the emails last week. Uh, the audio segments that we heard. Let's see. I oh, I only do one and then we'll get to the callers. My gosh, there was so, there's been so many commentary about just things happening in the workplace. Really important time to be paying attention to so many things happening there. That segment on the dollar store. People that have a memory, if you've been listening to workplace racism, at least for I don't know, a few weeks, we had mommy in frickin' VA, mommy in uh, the Commonwealth, her black son working at the dollar store. She wrote in to have some shoplifters, white shoplifters who probably looting pop and whatever else at the store. He goes to question them, you know, excuse me, do you have a receipt? Professional young lad. And then they, don't be a D, probably called him a phallus, you know, Welsing moment again. And, uh, you know, get on out of here, man. We got it. Calm down. I said, hey, you know, you don't know if these guys, if they're armed, uh, they could be on drugs, both. Uh, you know, hey, I'm a teen. There are other white people, adults here, supervisor, who should be paying attention to all of this. Like, I'm not chasing anybody down. Forgive the metaphor. I am not going to be the John Shaft of loss prevention especially not at 16 even if I was 66 I'm not going to be the John Shaft of loss prevention at the dollar store like you gotta be out of your mind so that was a few weeks back we even said we had folks we called and said hey man I'd be looking to see if we can get the job at the library right something you know easier put my feet up chill a little bit make some money internship whatever fast forward woo 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 now, this was in Louisiana, the segment that we heard. Black male says, hey, see this guy. Looks like he's stealing undies. You know, pardon me, sir. You know, halt for a second. Dude lifts up his shirt and he's got a gun. Whoa. Am I willing to risk my life for a pair of dollar store underwear? I don't know what your answer to that question is, but man, they could take the entire store. I am not risking a broken fingernail for anything at the dollar store or any other organization where I am an employee unless I own the business. You got to be out of your mind. The dollar store of all places. Like, come on, come on, come on not chasing anybody down like whatever uh but anyway i heard that and i was like oh my gosh have to share with the young fella like my goodness this is 
not a cool environment at all uh, which I totally because like she said he was really proud because he went out and found this job on his own so hey right on independence I remember that being a young person all of that but again now this is what I mean about always good to be informed about a place where you work like wow black people having a tough time working here hmm I at least want to be informed like do they have a rodent problem at the place where I work Hmm. Anything else? You already heard about the shoplifting thing. Like, wow, this is dangerous. Yes. Yes, it is. Even the mask, like, they're so trifling. That, in fact, stood out to me so much. They spoke with the black female. That's what it sounded like to me. It was just audio. And uh, she said they didn't have masks. Pandemic started, you know, and, and they're not giving us equipment. She said she goes out and says that and they get dump trucks worth of PPE. Now, come, I mean, now if you could do all that, you could have done that beforehand. Talked about that all the time. White people could solve this problem like today. They don't want to. All the money the dollar store makes, you couldn't get masks. Like we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> Apple MacBooks for everybody at the store, like gloves, masks. You all could sell that at the dollar store like what in the world. Anyway, uh, lots of more notes uh, that I had about the audio segments. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll weave that in. So, oh my God, I have to get back. I'll have to get back to the San Francisco. So, man, let me see. Uh, the number again is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. I'll get in the San Francisco segment and then we'll get to the folks who dialed in. Man, I guess it took my brain computer a little while to catch the report with uh, the San Francisco officer Shaman uh, Walton and Amari, Amari, I think it's Amari, E-M-A-R-E Butler. Uh, I think that was how they were saying it. But anyway, uh, these are all black males, okay? I thought that was the case at first, but it took me a while. Like, okay, these are both black males. Boom, boom, to really like grasp everything that happened. Like, okay, this is what the charge. What he's saying. saying like, okay, I got it. Mr. Walton, black male, supervisor. Mr. Butler, cadet. I guess he's working whatever the security detail is where Mr. Walton is entering, and I guess people are supposed to be wanted make sure that you're not gonna you know do anything wild or what have you once they want you down check you then you can go about your business mr walton doesn't want to do all of that and oh i had to go i mean like i said my brain computer was having difficulty processing i guess for whatever reason uh that <laughs> so mr walton allegedly looks at me all this is in quotes looks at me points at the window and says it's niggers like you that looks like me that's always a problem and he continues to go on and says this is some nigger shit and repeats it after he is allowed to pass he gets his things 
He's walking toward the elevator. He looks at me and he goes, you must not know who I am. I'll whoop your ass. White guests only. Like, uh, where's my where's my sound effect? Let me see if I can do it uh, correctly. Like, let's see. Black brother, like brother to hell. All this is alleged, so I guess you know maybe that. It's difficult for me to imagine a scenario like that happening with a white person as the person doing the wanding. Now, I remember Cynthia McKinney, when she was in Congress in Georgia, there was some sort of controversy she was going through. And the security person who I don't believe was black, um, you know, everybody's supposed to be wanded down. And I guess she thought, hey, I'm six-term member of Congress, you should know who I am, Cynthia McKinney, and it was a big to-do about all of this, um, you know, her not stopping and doing, you know, what they wanted through the procedure, and, you know, you should know who I am, all the rest of it. I don't remember it being any sort of, you know, white cracker this and blah, 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 and all that, like, wow, that is, I mean, much less from somebody who is an enforcement officer, in like a public place talking to another black person who was also I mean at least a cadet in training kind of an enforcement officer too like wow and then what was allegedly said not just you know this is ridiculous and you know I got stuff to do and don't you see my badge and you know why are you making me wait around and you know forget this and you're so stupid like I, you know okay I'm upset no 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 it's niggers like you that looks like me that's always a problem. That is so specific. Like, wow. Like, to say that publicly? If that was like black self respect annihilated it's not even an accurate statement the problem is white people but I mean it's niggas like you that's always a problem and this is some nigger shit I don't even know what that is what is nigger shit everybody here is wanted what is nigger shit about that what does that even mean do you think I thought they said it was a line? Do you think we're only asking you to what they said it was a line? What does that mean? I don't know if he's normally allowed to go through. Maybe that's the case. They see him and they, you know, just oh, right on. Good to see you, Mr. Walton. Uh, you know, come on, come on through. What maybe that's that's the case? I don't know. I don't know if the cadet would be able to come in and change the rules, but um <laughs> and then all this so he's getting on the elevator. You must not know who I am. I'll whoop your ass. Now, again, this is alleged. Maybe he didn't say it. If this person had been classified as white, would, or it could, it's not even possible. 
it's I cannot imagine if this is a white person. This is some nigga shit. It's niggas like it's not even possible. <laughs> like he he could have been upset or what have you. I guess he could have cursed it all. The only part of it that could have been the same is you must not know who I am. I'll whoop your ass. I don't know if a black person is going to talk to a white person, a white person with a badge, even a white cadet in public in front of other white people like that. I could be totally wrong. You all can let me know, but our black, that whole exchange right there. That's exactly why it's white guests only. That's exactly why I said I hate talking to non-white people that is so disgraceful we had that we just talked about that before they said they were going to court the black guy went out to arrest some black people he had his uh body cam on he's an enforcement officer and he said you niggas out here always on some dumb shit y'all out here drunk and y'all mad you niggas out here on and i said that's not cool I said, that's not acceptable with me at all because same thing i said here if these were some white people and they were under the influence, which is all the time, I don't think you would be going out there like, hey, 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 you crackers. I'm tired of telling you, you got out here and you drank all this malt liquor. Now you're out here on some dumb, ignorant old cracker stuff. Now get on in the house. I'm tired of fussing at you dumb white people. I don't think he would have said that. I know he wouldn't have said that. Like, are you serious? On the dash cam? No, we talk to us again. All of this white people are to blame. That doesn't make it any better, though. And it certainly does not make it acceptable. But that is I mean, wow, that is so appalling on so many levels. And it's even it's hard for me to imagine somebody lying about that. Like that is so specific and for real, for real. That is so us we talk to each i have heard this oh i've heard that jesus lord i've heard that it's niggas like you <laughs> like oh and again white people are to blame where did we learn that all of it to talk to each other like that to think of each other like that bgm where did we learn that from hmm even the end part he didn't say nigger that's all that but just you must not know who I am I'll whoop your ass like wow <laughs> Like, do we talk to white people like that out in public and in the workplace black self respect has been annihilated I <laughs> gobsmacked absolutely it took a I had to like read and hear that report many times to even process what I got but I mean that is for sure workplace racism that too you can't be stunned by Emmy said that these people in your work environment they are not your friends whether they are white non-white specifically even classified as black they are not your friends they might even think of you as a BGM too. Have to because I mean, ooh, we 
the victims that I know that could have been so I mean it was but it could have been like a billion times worse like victims that I know you talk to them and say and particularly in public oh my god like you come and tell me some oh my god you must not know who I am I'll whoop you pardon 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 uh brother say that one more time <laughs> I think oh my lord the number of victims that I they would pray for a chance like that like are you who brother meet me outside right now and introduce me who are you <laughs> like oh my god like that could have been the worst and even if it didn't get physical I know a whole lot of black people they would have spent the rest of the day oh you want to say something smart I'm anti-black too I love name calling black people we can spend the next five hours doing this <laughs> particularly we gotta learn oh my god I will do this until you get out of the line we can go back and forth and have a nice nasty exchange and both of us can get lathered up for the summertime nigra coon and we just go back. I bet you know you wait till the and have to get the white people to step me in. And all right, all right, fellas. All right. And then and then get to the end. They said we need to have some black male solidarity. I don't even know what that is. Like what? After all, if this happened now, if this is not true, if that didn't really happen, cool in the gang. Let's move forward. But I mean, if anything close to that took place. But where's my sound effect? Where's my sound effect? <laughs> like, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Black brother. Black brother hell. <laughs> I think that would be that would be about my response. Like if that happened and then it's gonna be all right, we gonna we black brothers need to stick together. Like, are oh, you so- <laughs> Don't call me brother? <laughs> Don't just Woo minimize contact minimize conflict the anti-blackness is extraordinary in the system of white supremacy racism wow alrighty I got so I can't say sidetrack just Emmy's commentary was planned but only very shortly before we went live so kind of you know planned a little bit and then I got totally sidetracked with the whole BGM thing that was not planned at all so my bad for taking a little bit of time to get to the callers uh, let man that segment right there do people think that that could have happened in the workplace have you seen that sort of thing happen in the workplace between black people this is some nigger shit and I'm with your <laughs> have you seen that how if that sort of thing happened and you were the target a black person is talking to you like that How do you respond? I hope we don't have any callers who would have been the ones like, meet me outside and say what you just said one more time. I hope we don't have any cows listeners. 
be in that group. I hope that's not y'all. Like, be nonviolent with other victims of racism as best you can, especially in the workplace. Like, ooh, wee. That is one environment for sure. Like, it can, like, it's got to be total self defense. Like, they were going to do a Floyd Mayweather on me, and I had to protect myself. Like, anything short of that, like, it cannot be. We got into it. He called me a coon or whatever, and I just don't tolerate that. And I too, no. Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Let's see. Uh, Bay Area Mom, nab her. I'll get uh, our emails and get other folks as well. Uh, Bay Area Mom, if you have uh, commentary. Uh, it, do you think because you are right there San Francisco is right across the gosh darn bridge five minutes we could have walked if I was down there we could walk across the bridge and be in San Francisco in like 20 minutes 30 minutes so this is your area where this happened dad do you think that sort of exchange could have happened in the workplace between two black people two black males this is some nigger shit I'll whip your ass because you don't know do you think that could happen in the workplace between some black people? And if you were the target of such uh, an anti-black tirade, uh, do you have a code on how you would respond? So do I think that two black people could have the exchange that just happened? Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. We, we do that often uh, amongst each other because it's so easy to flex amongst each other. Um, we totally do that all the time. We'll jump over counters. We're totally aggressive with each other. Um, especially if we have a position of authority. And then the wall of the dude, he's big cheese and this little cadet is always playing according to you know, what he said. He's always targeting him. So duh you, you know who I am. Uh would I do that? No, um, for several reasons. For one, everything was recorded on so many different angles. So, for one, it's recorded. For two, what if I go outside? Okay, I go outside and then you whip me up. How beneficial is that for me? It doesn't really benefit me to get beat up by whoever, a coworker, a boss, then what? So... No, I wouldn't do it, but it, it happened. It's, not, it's happening right now. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was uh, kind of. I thought that was kind of mean. I didn't like that exchange. I know that we do do that, uh, especially if we think that we're in a. Um, you can't give us labels because we. You can't give us titles. We do. We are different. Oh. Um, and even with the poor black guy, what was his name? Um, the little cadet, uh, Butler. Um, he's just doing what he has to do. So say, for instance, he didn't say anything. And it comes back. Oh, well, you let uh, Officer Walden. He just goes in, beats off the security, and you don't do anything. So he has to make him, just like anyone else, come back for security reasons. This is after... Uh, 9-11 and uh, um, COVID. So he has to do that. 
and he's just lower ranks. He still he's gotta he can't mess up. And then for a black guy, please not lose my job for you, dude. Walking around here with all your chest poked out, no. And look at how he ripped him up. He just called him all these names. Niggas like you. <laughs> I can see it too in the city. He just niggas like you. Niggas, you know how I'm nigga. I'll beat you. I could just see him clowning and flexing and <laughs> just and the dude looking like, Oh my god, why are you serious? Totally disrespecting him and then kept it lit. He was talking about him, he kept talking about him and stuff all it's just crazy. He just wouldn't stop. So I guess I would be safer to do it with because if it were a white guy that would have said that, it probably would have gave him more problems doing what he's doing to Officer Walton versus him being, you know, Officer uh, McGillicuddy, it would be. He he might have nooses or rabbits boiling in his house while he's not there, just stuff like that. So, hey, disrespect is disrespect. Um, oh, there was another one you did. There were several clips that you did, just real quick. So the dollar store, did they say it was lead? <laughs> it, did they have a high amount of lead in their stuff? So certain things, if it lays on top of it, the lead leaks through the product, so don't buy certain yummy treats, because it could have poison in it. Oh, dear. That's crazy, and people really eat dollars, so I, I'm there, I'm the poorest person on the program, I promise, but I do not eat dollar store vittles. I'll purchase this, that, and the other from the dollar store. Like wax paper, I'll get some tomorrow. Other than that, I can't. Dollar and that, uh, what's it's another one? Grocery outlet bargain market. I, I, I'm not available to consume that. Um, because I don't understand what they're doing to the stuff. Wind coals, food coal, any lower end warehouse. I'm not available. I got to go where I can't afford to eat because of that, that let seeping through all my yummy treats. Um, and then the guy, what is he making? What? Well, he makes $9 and some change now, but he was just making 8 and some change in Louisiana. How You can't even breathe. I can't, that is so low. And I don't care that. Uh, the economy doesn't cost much to live there. I don't care about that. Just breathing New Orleans air is, is, is toxic enough. And then I have to work and then deal with that. And then if I find, hey, excuse me, sir, can you put that back? And he's going to lift up your shirt and show me whoever's gun under your little dirty underwear shirt. Really? Oh, that is so dangerous. And my daughter does uh, security, but she's not chasing, fighting, fussing, nothing about nothing. Nothing. Nothing that's serious. She's not breaking a nail. Nothing. So uh, now i got to tell her something else. She's got to get another job. She's got to get another job. Yeah. Okay, this is her last month. Yeah, now she's going to give them a job. So, um, oh, me, me, me. So I have the luxury 
since I'm so uh, on my stuff, doing what I do at work and not welcome in Alameda because I'm doing too much observation. I stayed home this week, which was wonderful. I didn't have to spend $9 trillion on gas. I didn't have to figure out where to park. didn't have to be stressed out. I don't want people to stare at me. And strange black people stare at me. And I didn't have to talk to kids. It was quite this week. I started me a started my little business. I said, I'm going to start me a business. So I had all that free time. I said, I could start a business. So I started a little LLC and had all kind of meetings and stuff this week just helping me and making sure I have everything I need or whatever. So not like I'm going to be rich or anything, but it's something uh, different that I can put my energy into. Um, uh, school starts next week on Wednesday uh, in uh, my district, and uh, I won't float. It looks like, because I got my schedule today, it looks like I'll just be at one school, and I'll work with one kid that I doesn't seem like I know, unless this little girl is this little girl that's coming from another school transferring to this school. But um, I'm glad because that's a lot of pressure just going around and then I'm dealing with so many kids, so many uh, different cases and trying to solve all these different issues, being supervised, popping up all over the place on me. So I'd just be one site, one school, one kid. Uh, um, not a lot of uh, recording because that, that, that was hard for me. Because I don't like it. Uh, because when I do my um, recording, it's after work when I'm logging and taking my notes versus in class uh, what's happening. I can't do it with this job because I have so much relaxed time. So that'll be good, too. I can get my notes up before I go home because usually I have to do it after I get home. And once I get home, I'm not available to do other work because I'm that's how my brain is set up. So this doesn't benefit me. But um, I have to also figure that out because I will be in one space for uh, all day, at least seven hours. And um, I have a white teacher. He's okay. He's uh, I, He smokes. He's, and since I'm black, I'm the one to tell you smoke. Um, however it is, I know he smokes. Uh, he smoke, uh, if I eat, whatever, drink, grow, um, non, non-white, uh, maybe some kind of tongue, just a multi-race, non-black, non-white lady that he has a baby with, or married and has the kids with, and younger kids under five, and, um, his teacher's assistant is a stressed out Sony lady. There's no Siri. She's in Siri. Yeah. She's all wrapped up and stuff. And um, she always looking like she could get deported at any time. She's just full of whatever goes on wherever she's from. 
on top of the fact that she feels, of course, she's superior over me because I'm just a blue gum monkey. So uh, I, I had a little issue with her one time before when she told me I'm yelling at the kids and I just made sure that I maintained the same tone just to let her know. I don't care about finding another job. You do. So um, I had to figure out a way to deal with her. So right now I'm going to figure out a way to deal with her because she's always like, she likes to keep up a lot of confusion as far as all that gossip and talking. I know it. Her and her, the teacher, they're real cool, but she's real relaxed because he, he don't trip off of a lot of stuff. He's real chill. Just as long as he can run his class, there's not a lot of noise. He's real chill prior to week. And um, her, she's just always a victim. She's still trying to get her little, some whatever the papers. And I guess you have to take the test and all this stuff you got to do to become a legal citizen here. She can't go back where she was because wherever she's from, it wasn't as great as it is here. She could just do whatever she want to do here, take her mask off, whatever. But out there, it's probably however it goes in our country, so she wants to stay here. But she's a victim a lot. And she, um, like in my CCBA, she says she's racist. I'm not saying she's not racist. I just don't. What I'm going to do. So she'll make that kind of thing, make keeps making that kind of statement. And then not a whole school knows that she feels that she's racist the VCBA that I'm under. And um, she was just like, she's like, I see your best, you and your best friend. I was like, <laughs> she's like, I, I, I can't do what I do without her. This is, we, I, that's not my friend. I don't know. I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, yeah, you know, she's racist. I said, like, I don't, she could be, I don't know. I don't care. I'm not tripping. Yeah, she told somebody, you know, she said something real racist about somebody's little kid in, from my country. I said, okay, I'm not, I don't know. And, and then a couple of people from the school know that issue. Well, yeah, they have an issue because, you know, she just has a way with words. And I was like, I don't care. So I have to be able to deal with her because she's going to keep up a lot of uh, confusion. And she's a little hater because I, uh, I hate her. She's a little uh, envious because I have the way I do my uh, work with the children. I'm able to get the children to do things that she can't. So uh, that's all. Thank you for taking my call. And I will meet my line. Please, I find my call. Okay, I found it. I'll meet my line. Thank you. Wow. Much obliged, Bay Area mom. Congratulations uh, on the business. Uh, that see that right there. She didn't say, you know, I took my time and energy and went out to the strip club. They got strip clubs in San Francisco. She didn't say that. You know, I didn't get my time and energy and go out and you know find E40 and go clubbing uh, for a few days. She didn't say that. Time off. Hey, y'all start me a business. Yes. Right on, right on. That is using the brain computer trying to think, do something constructive uh, if we get a little time and energy like that. It didn't even say that I sat around and watched television. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, the, let's see, I'll go backwards. The segment or the 
portion about the lead at the dollar store products that is from Harriet A. Washington's A Terrible Thing to Waste uh, book club. I think we read that in 2020, memory is correct. Uh, but she had many great things to say in the book. She talked about dollar store dangers frequently. And that little tidbit is from her suggestions where she just makes it plain. Don't buy food products. From the dollar store. I thought that would be a great reminder. Talking about a toxic work environment in many, many ways. Uh, And I thought as well, the black people, when we are allowed to be in positions of authority, so-called by white people, uh, and how we can mistreat each other. Once we are in these positions, like, yes, that is, that's in Carter G. Woodson's Miseducation of the Negro. He has a whole chapter of the book talking about that exactly. Deck, I mean, this is long. We have been conditioned. Our conditioning has been conditioned. But yeah, I mean, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, this, if Mr. Walton, if he's, you know, a supervisor or what have you, like, yeah, you know, who you think you're going to? stop me and all that and absolutely he's a cadet you know with black people non-white people in general gotta follow the rules absolutely this is being recorded they could have looked on there and like yeah mr butler you let your black brother go through is that what it is you just let all the black brothers through they don't have to be wanted we don't do security procedures you see somebody negro come through and oh that's my cousin come on through come on through come on through that's how we run things that's not gonna work especially for a cadet that's not gonna work Anywho, yes, uh, I do not see any benefit uh, to fisticuffs with another black person on the job or even going back and forth with the verbals. Although I do think it is black self-respect, Mr. Butler and anybody else. Hey, this is incorrect. This is unprofessional. (laughs) They pulled out the policy and procedure manual. That's exactly what I said earlier in the program. Hey, this is a violation of our workplace policy and procedure and I mean for real for real do you talk to anybody who is employed in the city of San Francisco for reals do you talk to anybody who is classified as white in that manner and I'd rate on the response for that I would want that like on the record Anytime do you come in here, it's white people like you. That's why we in the shape we're in today. <laughs> do you do you talk to any? Is there a record? You said it's some recorded too. That's something I always talk about keeping in uh, remembering. Hey, these happen to be enforcement officers and everything. So I mean, they might have body cameras and you know who knows. Period. Hey is probably a camera if this is some place where they got security and you got to be wanted to enter oh yeah they're gonna have cameras i mean all of this it might not even be a well he said this and i said that it might be video that we can just go to it let's check what the uh recording says turn the volume up let's see and we can just see it that i mean for what he described that might be the sort of thing if all that took place you might not even need audio because that sort of thing you can see if somebody is saying all that like you don't know who I am I will whoop your at like whoa you can see that on the camera like that looks a little different than oh where are you going after work you want to the cookout 
Oh, okay, I'll talk to you then. That looks a little bit different, especially if it's been all this wind up and niggas like you is what's wrong in the world and all <laughs> the rest of it. Like, ooh, I think that would stand out even if we were watching this muted. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, let's see. She said with the uh, workplace situation, I guess the the person came to talk to her, you know, about how she's talking to the children. I guess they do that a lot, especially she had already told us that they think of her as intimidating. <laughs> they said because she's serious. So everyone's, oh my God, she's so scary and frightening. Oh, scaring the children too. Oh my God, this black lady's going to kill us all. Like, dang. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll I'll watch my tone. Yeah, that's common when they tell the black you watch your tone, watch your tone, watch your tone. Yes, I will watch my tone. Say so you sound aggressive, all that you black people, all that resonance in your voice. Children just shiver. Mm. <laughs> Are you serious? You stuff them with lunchables all day, and I'm the scary one. Come on, come on, come on. And she even said that same thing I said before envious mm. got her stuff together and all the rest of it mm. all that standard operating procedure especially if you're a competent black person in the workplace like oh yes everyone will be envious not going to be promotion time for you anywho's uh, much obliged Bay Area moms we have one person who uh, her vote, yes, I think this sort of thing could have happened with black people in the workplace. This sort of really super intensely anti-black confrontation. Uh, she thinks this sort of thing could have happened. Uh, she gave her tips for how she would have dealt with it, try to neutralize it in the workplace. Uh, we have other folks. <laughs> how would you have responded if you had been the target of this sort of uh, anti-black attack in the workplace? And publicly in the workplace how would you have responded uh, number is 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate email is untiljustice at gmail.com uh, let's speaking of emails, I didn't even get to all the emails from last week to go back. Nab, uh, one of our investors uh, wrote in uh, greetings, Gus. My employer recently sent out an online survey regarding hmm, diversity, inclusion, equity. It was sent by the diversity executive who is a black male. How about that? The definitions provided at the beginning of the survey are as follows. Diversity is the full range of ways in which people differ from one another, including but not limited to gender, age, race, hyphen, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, physical abilities, disabilities, language, region, state, country of origin, socioeconomic status, or thinking style. 
This definition also applies to diverse or with different personal backgrounds or characteristics used in this survey. What in we might and this will be weaponized because it'll be trying to think they they had a report recently they were talking about they don't have black male school psychologists and they don't have black male uh, school teachers and they don't have black people period male or female pilots he had that report today uh, so they will start off with dang we don't have any black blah 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 and then we end up with this sort of diversity statement so they go out and now we will hire 60 year olds and 50 year olds 30 year olds transgender women transgender men all white uh, and all the rest of it you know they'll go through the whole gambit uh, Catholics Jews and Baha'i faith and all over and agnostic get the whole game and then we come back and we have the same number of Negroes that we had before but we are diverse continues inclusion I refers to providing opportunities for all employees regardless of differences to learn develop and contribute to our success it does not say be promoted get raises those are generally the problems not learning and or development certainly not contributing to our success it is my individual success in comparison with other employees if I'm classified as black that is a problem where I end up being mistreated you have lots of black people who learn lots of things on the job they don't get the opportunity sometimes to demonstrate what they've learned and or they're not compensated for their increase in skill and knowledge expertise as they say e equity involves giving everyone equal access to organizational resources and opportunities equity actively moves everyone closer to success by leveling the playing field what a tacky metaphor Ugh. Uh, the diversity definition is very broad and seems to include almost anything so if my employer hires white males of varying heights that's diversity now you're getting it yes and that's them talking yes that is diversity we need short people and tall people and medium height people and chubby people and thin people old people able people you end up falling asleep you wake back up get a good nap and say man they had five black people when I took my nap and we still got five black people now we got two tall Ed and super short Steve and still no niggers the equity definition includes a very common metaphor I did I think I would need more clarification on the metaphor and what it means with specific examples talk about it leveling the they got these old slave metaphors the playing field I don't you got field Negroes around here I thought we were trying to get off the plantation. That's what we're trying to solve. Leveling the playing field. Yeah. Racism, white supremacy is not a game. Nobody is playing. Staying man, that metaphor has been used for a very long time. They get to talking about racism. Yes, there's an uneven playing field. Hmm. 
he decided not to fill out the survey, which I think is intelligent because they it does not sound like they're trying to solve problems. Uh, if anything, especially I don't know if this is like a multiple choice survey or if this is one of those where you actually could write in or type out answers. Uh, yeah, they're just trying to to study. What do they know? Especially the black employees. Like I'm good on all of that. Uh, you all can get the white people to fill it out and you know make whatever choices you need to maintain the playing field. Much obliged for the report. Uh, the number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine. Man, I, I was trying to to tweet the BGM and uh, it's throwing me off by a couple characters. But yes, I will get that out promptly. Oh, there. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, bang. All right. Sent the tweet out so folks can get all of the information on that. Wow. Stunning. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, if you have commentary to share, including how you would respond if you were the target of an ant, a public, that's so important, a public anti-black tirade where a black person, even at the end of it, challenges you to a physical altercation, threatens you, however you want to take it, threatens you physically or challenges you to a physical altercation. And in between the time, you know, nigger this and all the rest and his people who look just like you are what's wrong with everything <laughs> makes it so personal to you uh, how would you respond to such an attack from another black person made in public uh, I rejoining from Cancer Alley in Louisiana we talked about the dollar store that was in New Orleans mm. Irie should be with us as well. Um, snaps, I missed it. Oh my, seems like I called just in time. Hope everyone. Hello, Gus. And thanks for letting me uh, clear my throat. Um, how would I respond to an anti-black tirade? It's funny you say that. There was an anti-black tirade made against me um, in mid-July that I videotaped, and I'm going to be honest with everyone and say that I was extremely off-cold. I suspect I was off-cold because um, my son had uh, a medical issue uh, related to cannabis that um, he had just recovered from. It wasn't as serious as the last time, but just to be frank, he experimented with Delta 8, which is supposedly the step-down form of cannabis, thinking that it wouldn't do anything, and it did. And, um, you know, it's like they just make, they make all this stuff available for people to try. I'm not going to get into that deeply, but, you know, he... He fell for the marketing, um, and so I had to deal with that. I also was dealing with, um, you know, just being black while living, um, the stuff we deal with. 
a very sensitive. Um, I ended up getting into the tirade with this person because um, I spoke up for an unhoused black man in front of a white man that is running some type of farmer's market situation that was supposed to be to benefit black people in a certain neighborhood. And it ends up that they're being exploited and he's being dishonest. So I asked the white guy in front of the black people that invited me at the meeting why he hadn't been paying the gentleman that was providing services of sound, uh, I don't know, production. He was basically doing, like, playing music and setting up those speakers and all that. The white guy got mad, and he was mad because last year I... uh, basically told him I suspected he had practice racism. So he stated he was still mad from last year. And um, the black person that invited me wants to be um, favored by this white guy. So he ends up going behind my back, telling other people what happened. So when I saw him days after that meeting, I tried to ask him if he had something he wanted to discuss with me because my hope was to clarify some things with him and another black person got into it. So it ended up being four of us have, well, three of them having a dispute with the three black men. And then I tried to like kind of break them up. But then this one black guy that had nothing to do with it. Like my aunt used to say, he had nothing to do with the price of tea in China. I know it's a metaphor, but Literally, that's how much he didn't relate, the way that metaphor didn't relate, right? He jumps in, and I and he gets in my face immediately, and he's yelling, and I, I say to him, hey, I said, you don't know me. I don't know you. We should get to know each other later, but now it's not the time, and this doesn't involve you. I'm, I'm not sure why you're yelling at me, because I'm not yelling at you, and he's, a, I mean, he's going in. And by that time, I didn't give a dang, and I went into, and he's sexually confused, and I called it out, and I started recording, and then he says to me, I'm going to get my cousin to you. That's what I'm going to do. And so later on, one of the gentlemen says, hey, I don't know if you know, but that guy is actually a convicted murderer. I said, oh, word? So look it up, and sure enough, he's got murder under his belt. He basically got two minor teenagers to go beat up another teenager in 1999, gang-related activity. It was a gang punishment. The young man died. He went to jail. He got out. He had a weapons charge or aggravated battery charge. So at this point, Disappointing. I'm I'm sure everybody's disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself. Being off cold, not walking away, being emotional, being vulnerable in my own mind. I have an order of protection that I am pursuing against this person right now. And he's being assisted by a suspected racist that has a moderately high position in some establishment that I'm just not going to say on the radio, but he's getting some help. And um, I'm just really, I'm really upset about it because technically it was a workplace situation. 
I was just trying to help the community I live in, or so-called community, not be exploited by one white guy. And because black people want to be in their favor and be the only black people in the room or whatever, I don't know. They just, again, wanting favor from white supremacists because I spoke up about white supremacy. Black people started feuding with each other. That was not the right thing to do. But that's how I reacted. So at this point, the only thing I can say is literally you have to find a way to go limp in your body and in your mind, kind of like yoga or something, and say, you know what, just give it up. Just let it go and turn around. About face. Walk away. Don't do it. I promise you I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I never got into it. I should have just like, oh, you know what? You're right. Later, y'all. And just hung it up. But I was just, I just, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Uh, I do wonder what the dollar store report is, but I'll listen to it on the, on the new prize. I know Dollar Store sells a bunch of dang carcinogenic products, products with cadmium and all this other stuff, and in school supplies, as a matter of fact. But I avoid the Dollar Store, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Dollar whatever. Everything Dollar Store, I don't go there. I'm not saying Target and Sprawl Mart are any better, but I try to be selective with the products I use, and sometimes they even make some of the products I use. Um, Workplace racism I'm calling about today on top of dealing with that order of protection is I'm also going to probably have to go to court with the unemployment office because from where I got kicked in the knee because I got tricked by a white woman to switch classes with her, I filed for unemployment while I was not working. Um and the company that asked me to resign in order to get a settlement is now claiming that they asked me to come back to work and I refused. Well, I have an agreement with them saying that they asked me not to come back and that I held them harmless, but they're conveniently, conveniently not bringing that up. And the ad, administrative law judge is doing everything she can to to um, conspire with them to find in their favor. And what has happened has been that because of their conspiracy, I don't know if she's white or black or what, I've had $1,000 taken out of um, a check that I get. And I need that money right now in a big way. Um, so I'm fighting and appealing to get my thousand dollars back and to also appeal that I, in fact, do am entitled to these benefits beyond the time that they, that is stopped. And the Board of Appeal is also being, um, using their discretion to pick and choose the information that I've given them supporting my cause only citing some things and not others. So it looks like I'm going to have to take it to court, which I've done before, you know, with a municipality. So it's a state agency. It'll be the same thing, but the inconvenience, the aggravation, and it's 
it's it's almost like a shaming element as well that I have to go this far to claim and and seek what I know rightfully mine. And it it I pray to the ancestors to help me with my anger, and I'm getting the lessons. And I can say that so far so good, but. My old self a couple years ago would want to go to the building where this lady is and probably challenge, I'm just being honest, probably challenge her to a duel. <laughs> That's the old me, you know, I guess maybe not the old me because I kind of had words with somebody, but I mean, I'm, I'm just, just thinking about who I was before and I don't know, perhaps I'm too brave. For my own good at times, but I'm I'm scaling back on that. But I feel like fighting. I really feel like scrapping. I don't know how else to say it, man. Um, I'm just upset because, like, I do a lot for people, black people in particular, and I do a lot for my family. And I just really need the, uh, the stuff to turn around and go right for a change. But yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> what I'm dealing with. And yeah, I hope I imparted something on somebody to just literally walk away. Like just pretend it's not happening. If you're getting into a dispute, somebody and this is on the job and somebody's defaming you, just report it. That's the other thing. Report it. If it's a verbal confrontation, I guess. They can report it immediately, like, hey, this person, person is verbally accosting me right now. I've walked away to tell you so you can intervene. But if it's something like just back and forth, it needs to be documented and go from there according to policy and procedure. But don't, you know what I'm saying? Just don't get in no arguments with nobody. People are crazy. This man is a killer. I had no idea. I'm still not scared. Maybe I should be, but I would have. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I'm in danger, but I wouldn't have gone as far as I did because he's proven that he has deadly intent. And I'll mute my line. Thank you, everyone. Mm. All righty. Well, much obliged, uh, Irie in Louisiana. Um, Louisiana is open carry, so... That's always good to remember when out in public, uh, when people get rowdy and hostile, uh, remember which location you're in. Um, let's see, as for the earlier situation, the anti-blackness, um, I think in the workplace, like you were saying, uh, trying to have your body just kind of be limp walk away oh wait a minute before I even get to all that I certainly am not disappointed uh, I don't like speaking for other victims of racism uh, I hope uh, Cal's listeners live or archive are not uh, disappointed uh, in Irie uh, but Gusty certainly is not uh, I make errors all the time uh, still learning uh, you know if we had <clears throat> perfected the science of counter racism we would have solved this problem and uh, yeah victims of white supremacy gusty included we can be nerve plucking at times unfortunately so yeah it can be uh, challenging 
uh, just to kind of remember that like hey there's nothing to be gained especially in any sort of like public workplace situation uh, getting into any sort of uh, argument verbal confrontation with another victim of racism or a group uh, of victims uh, much less the whole you know you don't know if they're armed and got a murder rap and all the rest of it uh, but just hey like this you know this started off trying to get compensation for a black male and now you know we got a big group of black people some of us total strangers folks I don't even know and out arguing and all the rest I mean yeah uh, I think that in particularly in the workplace I think um, the best thing you in terms of document if you're in a workplace and whether it's situation like what Ivory was talking about which is she's trying to get compensation for this black male matter of fact he was doing the sound at the farmer's market we just talked about that Bay Area mom she was with us today when she was saying her uh, or her her child son wrote in doing the same thing and exact same thing struggling to get compensated how is that she had black people doing uh, sound engineering coast to coast and can't get paid what the heck not by accident anyway uh, all this was with Irie was was hey you know this black guy's not getting paid he's coming out here and you know making a little bit more lively for the folks at the farmer's market we can't put a few nickels in his pocket like really and now we're about to be out here brawling <laughs> I gotta get a protective order like oh my god the anti-blackness is extraordinary uh, I can't say it enough like that's really that's why I say it on a regular basis like minimizing conflict with other non-white people that is a major objective primary objective if you you know those of us who say we're a little bit less confused so uh, no I'm definitely not uh, disappointed uh, hey still learning and you said hey next time walk away already know it's not even worth it and have to go through all this and you don't this person oh he's a criminal and already has shown disregard I don't know I didn't see the records I don't know this person my suspicion whatever gang beef somebody had to be touched up as they say this was a black person someone non-white now I could be totally wrong they got white people in New Orleans certainly white people in Louisiana all over the place I've seen many of them could have been they do have white gang members too absolutely the gang whites but for this specific crime I'm gonna wager it was probably someone who looked like him that's what supervisor Walton said Anywho, um, yeah, the anti-blackness is such a common uh, nagging problem. Just keeping that in mind and document, even if it's another black person documenting if this is in a workplace, because like I said, it would just be still be in the question lane. Is this the way we are supposed to talk to all of the employees and or customers of this organization? Is this acceptable language professional language for this workplace see what they say and or policy and hey I love that one policy and procedure 
screenshot. Do we still abide by this? Yay, nay. Still in the question lane. And document. I love that one. I'm not, you know, sitting here and mad and what? What did you say to me? Nigger shit. That's what he said. I'm not on a. Ooh, let me get my pen and or my recorder. Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed that. Can you start over one more time? Boop, hit record so I can get all of that and or write it down and just say it back to them. I just want to make sure that I heard you correctly, Mr. Walden. So you said you must not know who I am. I'll whip your ass. This is some nigger shit. Nigger shit. Because they said he said it twice. Uh huh. And just run down what he said. That's what you said, sir. Nah, I mean, oof, they might really get. <laughs> but that's fine too, because they said he pulled out. She pulled out her phone, so that's fine too. I would just write it down to make sure that I have it, you know, correctly. And/or you can record if you think, you know, that's gonna increase the conflict. Press record, rock and roll. Someplace you have to just say that you're not being recorded. Boop. And there's nothing else to say, you know. Next in line, <laughs> whatever the case is going to be. Hey, you're at the courthouse. In uh, North Florida, I think that's goes to Jacksonville, Tim Tebow land. Hit the panic button. At first, I was thinking I was joking, but I mean, I would think about it. That's what they have it for. Like, how riled up are you going to get? Tell them when they rush in. Tell them. You all must not know who I am. Same thing you said to me. And if you don't, oh, don't chicken out now. (laughs) The people who talk now, I'm really going to talk. If you chicken out once I press the panic button, like, oh, man, it's supposed to be it's on now because I mean, you all don't know who I am. That's what he said, allegedly. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm not disappointed. We're all still learning. And the best thing you can do. Uh, that one really Mr. Fuller some years ago and I mean this is the cows didn't exist some years ago he said when you go out in public and you know like went to the courthouse and things that's the type of thing place he was talking about he said hey never expect correct treatment expect them to be cursing at you and talking bad to you I'd say especially if you're going someplace where it's going to be a lot of people classified as non-white like ooh, yeah do not expect correct treatment at all that way you're already kind of thinking what do I need to do is a situation where I'm leaving questions I need to ask in terms of how I respond that way I'm definitely not whoa he just did you hear he said, I cannot believe, like, yep, yep, that's what I said, yep, I already know, nigga shit, yep, it's all my, yep, all my, like, I was already thinking that that was going to happen, and then I can just move to, as opposed to, you know, taking all of that personal anew every time, like, that's, that's what the system of white supremacy racism means, and I mean, but that's why white guest only policy. It's really bad. That's that is the result of all that television and all the other brain trashing. That's how we treat each other, even in a workplace context. It's enough to drive you crazy. It drives us crazy. That's why there should be some, you know, urgency to getting this year resolved. Uh, Let's see. Star six one. Other folks who dialed in. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, the Florida contingent, uh, retired firefighter, our caller uh, in North Florida. Uh, if you all have uh, strategies, how you would respond to like a really intense anti-black public workplace attack that uh, where there is even, as I said, hey, physical uh, threat and or invitation to a physical confrontation. Uh, how would you? respond uh to that situation uh and like for reals if a black what's this got to that point where it's you know i'll whip your behind and all that that's why you have a panic button right in that panic button bam now if they want to come in and beat him down and all the rest of it well then that's on them but i mean hey at that point i've been physically threatened a few times panic button now if they run in and they pause whoa we thought it was just going to be some regular Negro that we could beat down and all the rest of it. Whoa, he's got a badge and all the rest. Like, uh, we'll try to de-escalate. Great. But again, I'd be watching and ready to record to see now, does this black male, does he talk to the other officers that way or is he cool in the gang now? And if so, why is that? Let's see if our other folks, if they have strategies how would you deal with this uh, Florida contingent? Some close to Jacksonville. Greetings, everyone. Retired firefighter uh, in South Florida. Yes, sir. Greetings, everyone. Uh, I would say, first of all, uh, one should uh, be ahead of things by already having a uh, standard code on what you're going to uh, say, what you're going to do with anyone, white or non-white. Uh, now, mind you now, I'm not speaking on on uh, myself personally uh, because uh, I was not perfect either. Uh, but have a standard code more than likely the least amount of verbiage is probably the best code to have in itself. And also, uh, never find yourself alone with, I, I've said before on, on, on workplace racism, uh, never find yourself alone with a white female, but never find yourself alone with another person on the workplace. Uh, in the time of hostility, at the origins of it, and 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 you have to you have to really be disciplined to have an understanding of the origins of a quote-unquote argument or fight of some type, keep your distance. Keep distance from that person. And as I mentioned before, you are probably better off with the least amount of verbiage to say. More than likely, because most cases, the person that is that is rivaling with you, they're not even asking you questions anyway. The, the the voice the voice volume is high. It may be some profanity that it, that exists, uh, and you don't answer to that. 
you don't answer to that at all. Uh, as that person gets heated, you get calm. You get as calm as you possibly can be, you know, in that situation. Matter of fact, one should be, as I heard you say about Mr. Fuller, <laughs> expected <laughs> when you are in an environment that is the quote-unquote workplace under a global system of racist white supremacy. White people are going to be racist, and non-white people are going to be emotional and on the edge because they're not going to be doing a whole lot of fighting and fussing with white people. But they would find their time to do that with non-white people in the workplace. Uh, I can re- I can recall two instances that I was involved in. One I, I mentioned on the cows years ago, uh, where a non-white black male uh, par- uh, volunteered and partnered uh, with uh, white people at the fire station on "quote unquote" horseplay, which is a, which is a standard in a work environment of such of of. Uh, the fire department, you, know, you have to exist around other people for 24 hours. Uh, some people uh, don't have, a, uh, would run out of constructive things to say and do and just start, you know, doing silly stuff. And uh, basically what I did with him, I threatened him. And my threat was real. I would have put my job on the line and, and his, uh, his uh, physical safety, I put it that way, on the line for what he had did, and he relented. He relented, and that basically solved the problem. Uh, we did not, we did not uh, totally ignore each other. The years that we still were on the job together, I guess I think he got an understanding about me. And uh, that I was not going to uh, partake into any horseplay. And he developed, uh, I guess, some kind of respect for that, I guess. Uh, He actually uh, was fired, I think, in some kind of way. He did leave before retirement for some reason. I forget exactly what it was. The other one was a uh, black female employee that had just uh, got into a supervisory position, but that was easy because she was not, uh, 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 she was not uh, uh, solid with that particular station. She bounces all over the place, that sort of thing. So, you know, that's something that I wouldn't have to even have to deal with. And uh, there was only one encounter, you know, as far as that concern. Uh, so that wasn't that big of a thing, but, Back to what I think is, is, I would say as a standard rule is the least that you say, you probably be better, better off with, uh, because probably it's nothing that you have to say anything about in the first place. And it'll just be one person talking and, uh, they can raise their voice or whatever and you keep distant from the person, you know, and, uh, it, because for anything beyond that, it ha- it takes two people. It takes two people, and if they come towards you, then you keep the separation. <laughs> you keep the separation. If you have to retreat, then re- then do so. Do so. Uh, if you have to retreat, 
uh, from that from that particular setting, uh, that sort of thing, and uh, that's basically I think would be the uh, correct strategy. Uh, uh, the as far as with the people that I uh, worked with on a consistent basis that were non-white black males, we would raise our voices and whatnot, but, but it was like a barbershop type of setting where you're arguing over over what you saw on television at a football game or something like that, you know, and it never did go to anything hostile. Uh, then the alarm would go off. <laughs> you know, the alarm would go off for maybe the rescue, and that's something, it may be something separate, or we all would be involved together on something on emergency calls. So it didn't last long because I always worked in busy areas anyway. Where you didn't, you, you, you wouldn't spend a whole lot of time, uh, just finding something to be fussing over anyway. Uh, because when you went on those emergency calls, especially fires, and you know, uh, you know that you have to depend on somebody else and somebody has to depend on you because it is actually a life and death situation. You know, the danger will come out of nowhere, you know, uh, even if you don't see it from the start. So. Uh, that's the, that's the culture of a job like that, that I was on. But, uh, just remember the, the, the essential part that I said, the least you have to say, have that as a standard and you probably would avoid anything that goes beyond that in the first place. I would say about what Miss Irie was talking about, uh, I've heard of, of, of things similar to that where a person would get someone else and in the, in a school setting, but for the most part, it would, it would be with other, uh, a, a, a student with another student where that person would get a person that is not even on that campus will come to the campus and a car or, and start a fight with the target person, that sort of thing. Uh, that has happened. That that's a routine thing that happens down here in uh, some school settings. I'm talking about n- black, non-white black people, for the most part, would do f- silly stuff like that. And from there, law enforcement would become involved, and it'd be a big thing uh, on the news in the newspapers. That sort of thing, but. Uh, uh, hopefully, I made some sense on what I was talking about with the uh, the less the least that you respond to, and that's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. That does make sense. Uh, still learning, still learning. Glad we got that reinforced. Uh, certainly, no reason to be disappointed when we are all still at the bottom of the boat. But uh, that repeated what I said earlier. If Efficiency. We do not want to be having lengthy, unnecessarily long, wordy exchanges, especially in the workplace. Make it as short and effective a conversation as possible where the problem is solved permanently and no new problems created. Uh, And then also expecting. I know it's sad to have to think that way. In fact, I remember that when Mr. Fuller gave that suggestion that's not one of his like all the time you know he's you know still learning you know if you don't understand racism white supremacy this is not one of those he says all the time but i maybe should be um hey when you go out and such 
do not expect correct treatment. Being fussed at, nigga, get out of here. Now, listen, maybe they call, maybe they hit the panic button. Maybe. <laughs> like, uh, but not being stunned about that at all. Even other black, maybe, especially with black people. Maybe the whole room gets up, calls you a negro, and all that. Get your black behind out of here. We wait for you. That sort of thing. Like, hey, that's our conditioning has been conditioned. But expecting that, so then you already are having in mind how you want to respond, what you think would be the best way to deal with it, uh, and then making it efficient, as short as possible, as few words as possible. Uh, our color at the courthouse closer to Jacksonville, Florida. Do you have commentary as well, sir? May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about that one, uh, given the time that I've been at the uh, courthouse. Like a lot of the time that I'm, I'm moving around, I'm being mobile. Uh, I've encountered, you know, times where there, you know, there'll be other victims that'll uh, engage in the anti-blackness, but I haven't experienced it to that level. Like, in my opinion, that was in that audio segment. Uh, the only thing I could just think of is to just keep moving right along and say, you know, I'm going to get this work done. If they, because a lot of the times it'll be done in what they claim is like, you know, a joking type manner. Um, but yet it can be seriousness in it too. Like the time where the, uh, female victim was like, you know, gal, you lying to and all of that type of stuff. Uh, and it was that one with that white man that was walking around downtown near the courthouse in the library. Uh, and he was saying nigger and stuff like that, you know, like it was where almost where I got into it with him, but yet it was still enough space. And that made me think about the distance factor is very uh, effective and it can be uh, very safe for, you know, not only myself, but anyone who finds himself in that situation. Um, and just doing things like ignoring, I think ignoring, has helped me in a way too when those kinds of situations come about. Um, but like how you mentioned about that panic button, just it was a few weeks ago where it was a black male who was very frustrated, um, melanated black male, and the white woman said, "I was." <laughs> she she was going to press the panic button. I said, you know, I got this, but you know, he was very upset. Um, and I still, I was, but I guess maybe it was in a customer service context, but it was, I'm a black male. He's a black male. So I try to make sure that I can try and calm him down. 
sir, can you can go to the self-help area. It's on the fourth floor. You know, and then he came back and apologized like 30 minutes later. But it's, you know, those situations do occur. And and is uh, also, Gus, I want to mention, I think it was last August. It was, it's about a year now where um, the black male homeless, he was jumped on by like five or six white men. And, you know, and he said he wasn't uh, <laughs> engaging in oral sex to get out of jail. And then, you know, he was saying he was calling the guy white boy. It was very tense. Like the white guy that controls everything, he saw it all. And it was a click member. I know who she is. She was at the front and pressed the button. All right. Um, and there was, you know, a big to do about that. Uh, but as far as the, the workplace racism, I, I had uh, some updates I like to share. The first is there was we have these inner office envelopes that I uh, help transport them to uh, their destination point. So they have a part on the envelope where it says from and then another part where it says it's going to. So let's say, all right, the person that is going to name is Daniel. That's not the person's real name, but I'm going to just use it for example. So this a white man now, he knows this other white man that works in archives. So I looked at the envelope and it says Sweet Dan, like Daniel is the whole name, but he used like an abbreviation, a shortened version of Daniel. So it says Sweet Dan. So I looked at that. I'm like, what in the heck? Um, it just seems sexual, very unprofessional. Uh, I don't know why I should have took a picture of that because like the, the entitlement and the arrogance is, is so extreme to me for somebody to write that. And this person is talking about one to advance in the workplace, become a supervisor. Um, he wants his own office so he can decorate it with, Freemason and Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> this is what he said. So Freemason and Georgia Bulldog material. Um, I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, but my next one is a white woman, Cowbell, was talking about how it's crime and uh, drive-by shooting in the neighborhood on the side of town where it's a black residential area and she's saying that somebody somebody was I guess trying to break into the car that's outside of their residence and the black male that she's in sexual relationship with I guess went outside to do a warning shot and the person left um, she's pretty much just talking and talking with the black female supervisor and another black female victim saying that, you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't shoot in the air. You need to shoot him. And uh, I'm going to have my shotgun. Just the the expression is trash talking. It really is. I think it's practicing racism. I'm going to have a, a shotgun 
sit it next to the window. And and, and uh, if I if you're gonna try and come back to you know I guess she was saying like break in and do something over here, I'm gonna shoot you like a deer, just like a deer. So the older black female, she just walks off, you know, with like a smile. You know, I guess she didn't know how to react to that. Um, I have uh, two more. The the uh, the next one was. There's a victim of racism that's on the other side of the uh, civil world. It's in the civil area traffic. So they just started school down here in this county a couple days ago. So it was reported to me that a, I guess I'll just call him a white person, uh, said to a, a black female that works in, in the uh, department says, uh, well, hey, your son, did your son get in the fight at school yet? So I didn't even really get what her response was. You know, I guess she just kind of just shrugged it off or whatever. But we was talking about this like, man, she think that he was trying to also tell us something else while saying this, like they were practicing unjust networking about her. Um, but I'm not entirely sure of the whole situation and everything. But um, but other than that, there was another thing that occurred, but I can't really think of it right now. Um, and there was another news article I wanted to read, but I'll save that for another time. It was about a black male uh, who was fired from the county. And he was basically saying every time he tried to hire a black manager, it's, and in the news article is quoted, it was always a problem. So, you know, there's more racism, white supremacy right there. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Huh. Much obliged, our caller at the courthouse. Uh, now that's twice uh, in the same program uh, that's that's in fact that's how we got the blue gum monkey told them specific that was in Florida that was in Florida they didn't say uh, managers did they say not to hire managers I thought they just said don't hire black people did they say yeah they just said don't hire black people period <laughs> so Sue but uh, that is uh, specific try to hire black manager and whoa 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 whoa. no bgms no bgms <laughs> like whoa whoa wait what he's quit it no bgms <laughs> he said always every time like we can't find one person that's qualified bgms florida man global system but i now even that that you know just to have your little florida record of workplace racism like talking to younger black people this is what you can be prepared talking to older black people this is what we got to be prepared for anywho let's see <clears throat> the anti i'm not surprised at all uh in terms of the other incidents like he uh, was talking about the panic button uh incident happened most recently uh, white woman coming in and tapping the uh, 
button. I guess there was some discussion about whether or not that should have been done or not. I, I suspect now that panic button, they don't have a, a, a strict code. I suspect there might be some room for discretion when, you know, I felt fearful, you know, Negro was being loud and right. Cause he said the white woman tapped it. The fellow was talking to him. I think that's what he said. And then she said, whoa, 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 whoa. He might do something. Looks like he might get to raping and looting. You know, you never know. Says, I got it. De-escalate. We got it. They got the self-help right there. And all that the fella even came back said, my bad. You know, it got a little loud. It's been stressful. They got the Rona and all that. And she's panic button, panic button. Hey, that's what we got. No de-escalation with individuals classified uh, as black. I'm a big fan. As he said, keep it moving. Just keep it moving. And the distance as well. Now, I think the situation, the video for the San Francisco thing that was inside. And I think that was actually in like a, uh, corridor type of a setting so they didn't have as much you know dis- you don't have as much space to you know let me go over here you go over there I'm on the other side of the street type of a thing a little more dangerous there but the- keep it moving keep it moving just here to work I think also the anticipating that so you already have in mind someone's going to get upset about this and this is what I'll say like okay they keep it moving they get the cursing and all that Mm-hmm. I understand you're frustrated. This is just, you know, I'm sorry, sir. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nigger talk. Mm-hmm. Got all. <laughs> just, and then, like I said, now the threats and all that. You know, panic button. At least for me, we got discretion. Panic button. Uh, the sweet Dan that does sound sexual. We talked about that before as a like nickname and a lot of different connotations for that. I definitely, if this is going to be like an inter-office mailing type of a deal, let's keep it professional. No nicknames. Dan is fine. Daniel even, really, unless, you know, everybody just calls me Dan or whatever, but I mean, hey, professional. Serious. Uh, Now, Dan will just say, he wants office he's already got his plan laid out and everything he says he wants his own office so he can put up his georgia bulldog paraphernalia uh and freemason whatever shirts and all the rest of it brag about that too uh augustus hey that is not your office uh i don't frankly this is gator country so white or non-white i don't know how well that's gonna go over i mean get you some T- Tim Tebow shirts and posters and put that up uh, if you want to curry favor like I don't know uh, you know you want to brag about the Bulldogs like uh, you are never going to get a promotion around here um, but I mean even you know even if he did want to go get Tim Tebow posters and put that up whatever, this is not your office like I've said that consistently like all of that just for me is incorrect thinking I'm not you know, thinking I'm getting here and I'm getting comfortable and putting my feet up on the desk. Yeah, I have my candy dish right here, portrait of me right here, and all the like. They are looking to have you out next to the BGM. That's what they think of you. Even if I do get that big office, Baron, Spartan decor, as they say. Or you can even do it the other way. Tell them it's feng shui, so I have space. But you don't have anything up. That's right. Just what I need to work. Essential. Bare essentials. 
not all of where I went to school and all the secret organizations I belong to and family. But like, come on, come on. You want to say, and that's just things that we can steal and mess over and more details about, oh, you went to this school, write that down. Oh, you're a part of this group, write that down. Mmm, very interesting. Mm. That's all they're going to do and mess over your stuff too, probably. Uh, let's see. I did all of the, the talk where they come in and got a, the white woman is coming in. She's got to talk about her. She's swirling, of course. And, you know, the black guy, he's a tough man. And the no count Negroes came out, and tried to break in. He went out with the gun. And, none of that is appropriate for the workplace, like at all. If that sort of thing happens to you, I'm not trying to come in and tell them, you know, they tried to break in our car or, you know, whatever. None of that is appropriate for the workplace. None of it. Lunchtime ever. You can talk about it to your, your family, your friend. Why are you telling strangers that? So they could be sitting around and oh my God, what type of drug peddling hoodlum neighborhood do you live in? Oh, the neighborhood. That's what they're going to be thinking. BGM. That's what they're going to be thinking. Not, oh my goodness, are you okay? Oh, that's so dick. That's not what they're thinking at all. If I'm just saying, if it was a reverse, I know he said the white woman, Jim, but that that's not appropriate. Neither here nor there. That is not appropriate, in my view, for the workplace. Like if it's something, if you need uh, a day off, you know, to go do a police report or just to collect yourself or whatever and make sure everybody, family is safe or what have you. Security, change the locks. Great. Talk to your supervisor privately or what have you. Take the time that you need and, you know, keep it moving. But I'm not sitting out you know, publicly with all the folks in the workplace and talking about that's crazy. And it particularly firing a warning shot. Like what I thought, uh, cause they're at the courthouse. So I suspect where I would hope, right. Maybe I'm assuming he, that some of the folks at the courthouse might know the law to say what fired a warning shot. That's against the law. You might get what they call that, uh, unlawful discharge of a firearm. I think that's what they call that. Like, whoa what in the world <laughs> like that's not and if they're outside of your house i think even in florida that's not stand your ground if the person is outside your house i don't think you can do that either uh go out and just be shooting at whether you can do it you might have to answer the white people and in fact you might end up in greater confinement uh just going out and oh are you trying to break in my car or whatever they have to actually be coming into your residence for you to use lethal force or whatever else you want to do to defend your castle as they say but I mean if they're outside you know doing whatever like all of that you're probably going to have to answer to white people even the warning shot unlawful discharge of a firearm is I think what they might call that anywho uh, so all of this gets shared in the workplace not my suggestion next I thought she said, oh, my God, he fired in the air. What are you doing that for? That's what I thought she was going to say. Oh, yeah, that's unlawful discharge of a firearm. You shouldn't be doing that. You're a black male. You go to jail. Like right on. That's it, sister. Tell it. No. She said, what you supposed to do? You have the shotgun right there and you pow, put a bullet in him. That's what you do. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is not legal. She's from Polk County. She's from Polk County. <laughs> They're the folks, unless my memory is bad, they told us back when all the George Floyd riots and things erupted, they came out on television, the white people, and said, look here, 
I'm going to tell you something about Polk County. You can fool around if you want to. We do not tolerate that in Polk County. We are armed. We obey the law in Polk County. Thank you. And they got on television. <laughs> Wasn't that Polk County when the, when the George Floyd uh, protest started? I believe so. That sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. If I could add just one thing. Now, this same person that's violent when it comes to speaking about black people, right? Now, she does that on the, the segregated side. And, you know, with the, the stereotypical black accent. Now, there was a white guy that came in there. This is this was the other report. Um, a white woman, a second white woman, that's also with a black male. She said, now I actually got to see this person. Now there was an officer. There was a bailiff, a white man. He was sitting um, watching this guy. So, you know, when it comes to white guys, they like to try to use the, the mental health um, factor or whatever. Now she was very different. Her conduct was very different you know, vernacular and everything like that and talking with him, calm and everything. They didn't go on the gossiping about this guy, even though the the second white woman was saying that he pulled his shirt up, right? And he was, she found him the last time a couple of months ago in the segregated side because I was gone and everybody else was gone. He was going through, uh, um, drawers and looking on tables and stuff. And she said she was uncomfortable, uh, but they still, they still didn't press the button. But I guess she informed one of the sheriffs up front about this guy the last time he was in there. So she said to a, a black female that, Hey, you know, I let them know that this guy, is, he, he was also touching on his, he was touching on his crotch or something like that. So, you know, if you have you have daughters out there and everything, so I informed the police or the sheriffs and everything, but they still didn't press the panic button like they did with the black dude that got jumped on and, you know, that was grappling him. So that that was the other one I wanted to share to show the you know, the contrast and comparison on how they react to the white public oncoming public and the black oncoming public. So definitely the blue gun treatment. So thank, thank you. <laughs> the blue gum treatment. I'm done. I'm done. He's had a number of reports about white people who uh, have like notices about, you know, this person is violent and not supposed to be here and, uh, they don't do that. They get to come in and cut a fool and be rowdy and all the rest of it. It's like, hey, you're not even supposed to be here. I'm white, man. I do what I want. Ah, move. And they didn't press the panic button and come and club him upside the head and all this other foolishness and what have you. Like that, that contrast, that's how you can, I mean, see it flagrantly in terms of, you know, who is supposed to, who causes a panic at the courthouse. Any hoodle. 
uh, I will pause, give myself a minor pat on the back, literally, for gusty memory being not too bad, even though still, whatever, victim of racism. So this is from June 2nd, 2020. I mean, this is another one. I can just give you the title of the report, right? I don't have to read it. I can just see the title. You can judge the, the book by the cover this time. If you value your life, don't come to Polk County. Sheriff Judd warns rioters, looters. Polk County on the map. They got this on uh, YouTube. I don't even think I need to read. Do I need to? It's about what I said before. Yeah, I don't even need to read. <laughs> Just that Gus T's memory was accurate on that one. Bravo. Yes, yes, bravo. Anyway, uh, back to what he shared. Let's see. Yeah, I thought all oh, that is a crime. Like I wouldn't even be. But that's what I expect from Polk County. Their reputation is known uh, all over. Anywho, um, let's see. Everything. I guess we'll hear the details about the report later on them firing. I would have replayed the segment about the yams from last week, but I was not uh, clear on how much bonus material we would have. Anywho, I'll get in our last email and then we can wrap things up for this here week. Uh, Our female victim of racism, Investor, wrote in. She's the one who has the white supervisor. She says, I want to make this the last time I write in about incompetent Carrie as if I don't stop my anger and resentment about her laziness, there's that word again, and uselessness will result in me losing my temper at work. Uh Uh-oh, that's not good. My aim is to stop focusing on the injustice that is resulting from her inability to do the job, which results in an increased workload for me. Instead, my goal is to focus on my development and job hunting. I unsuccessfully applied for a role a few months ago and then stopped looking at job opportunities. Don't get discouraged. Keep it up. They uh, intend to make it difficult. Don't get discouraged. Keep your confidence up. I would feel different if Carrie made an attempt to improve her understanding of the role. But instead, she hides in the background or tries to consume my time with useless meetings. That is explicitly in the delectable Negro. At other times she tries to give the impression she is telling me what to do even whilst being incompetent which has been even more triggering. Then there's my racist manager who continues to act with psychotic racist aggression towards me. Carrie is also projecting aggression towards me. I put this down to the fact that she knows she's out of her depth I don't spend my time pandering to her, training her. I am not her manager or allowing her parasitic self to drain my knowledge. I am tired. Carrie was away from work for about a month, a combination of her holiday entitlement, alleged time owed for working over her hours, which is just ludicrous and sick leave. 
I was unwell for a few days at the end of last month. Carrie allegedly had COVID, then took additional days as sick leave due to an insect bite. She put exclamation points there, which I think was made up because me being out of the office would expose her to real work. And that might be true. I arranged the directorate away day, but didn't attend as I was ill. People fed into the agenda, which was based on the ideas received. The morning was more informal, getting to know people and a session on workplace resilience. The afternoon required people to use their brains. Surprise, surprise. Carrie had complaints as there was not enough time to socialize and she found the afternoon too heavy. Carrie previously stated she doesn't only come to work to work. What? I would want that in quotes. What else do you come to work to do besides work? And how much time, get that written down, how much time do you spend at work on non-work activities? And get that written down. Uh, my racist manager also felt there wasn't enough time to socialize. She and the other managers have decided there will be like four director away days a year to allow time for socializing. Basically, she's annoyed I wasn't there, so she didn't get a chance to pry into my personal life. They love to do that. She knew I was ill, but suggested that I attend the away day, even if it was just for one session, then leave if I was too ill. She said she would clear this with my director, putting me under pressure to attend. What sense does that make? I was ill and took the day as sick leave. Logical. We've never met face to face. We are based in the same city, Carrie in another. Somehow my manager doesn't have the same fixation about meeting Carrie. She had the same opportunity to meet in June as she had an, at an event in the city where Carrie lives, but didn't make the effort. They met face to face for the first time at the away day. She doesn't see Carrie as competition. She's not. She's so incompetent and lazy. They're both mad racist. This week, another white female returned to the team for the first time after being away for a year. She has this in all caps. Was she out on like maternity leave or was this like a sabbatical? Or was this just, you know, I'm tired. I'm gonna go binge watch Netflix for a little while and drink orange juice. Like, what did she give a reason for why she was chilling for a year? Anyway, apparently this is be oh, let's see. I just sorry, I should have kept reading. Apparently this is because she hasn't had anywhere to live, so she couldn't get to work. She has like a billion question marks. She gets paid and could have worked in the office even during COVID lockdown periods. No black person would be indulged in this way and would have been sacked ages ago. A man. I also found out that two white males have adjusted their working days so work outside the contracted core hours 10 to 12 p.m. and 2 to 4 p.m. The organization does allow flexible working but with agreement from managers. These two apparently work completely outside of the normal workday for most of the week. This has been easier to do with hybrid working and I mentioned recently they tend not to use the chats to say when they logged on and off. That's so smart so there's no record. I remember that. Yeah. This now explains why it's intelligent white people are not ignorant. 
Uh, the matter was discussed in the week's senior management meeting. Apparently, many, I believe, white people across the organization have been taking full advantage of the changing work practices following COVID. So much so that human resources is due to reiterate the contracted requirements. Now, see there, not following white people do that all the time. That's that's not they're taking advantage. They are probably flagrantly flaunting the rules and no one is doing it. Folks like incompetent carry. Hey, you know, I got an old tick bite. I think I need to take uh, a month off and uh, I got to work. I got the arthritis and the gout and uh, I think a mosquito was looking at me a little cross-eyed. So I need an extra week for that too. And uh, yeah, and then they got the work that, yeah, I think I'm going to work uh, you know, starting at 6 p.m. and I work until 8 p.m. Uh, and then I'll log on again at midnight and do a little bit more. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Who approved this? I think that I might even be some no snitching because if it had to be manager approved and they've been doing this, who's checking in on them? How did this last so long? How did this become such a widespread problem? Hmm. If a bunch of black people were doing that, would they behave in the same way? That same contrast, right? Like with the uh, panic button. Hmm. Any hoodles, much obliged uh, for writing in. I think if all of this is, is really bothering you with Carrie and being stressed, then lots of folks over the years have talked to us about that. We have a lazy white racist white person. They're not doing their work. And of course, everybody else has to you know pitch in and do extra work and all of that. I say, hey, do not get discouraged. Don't let them rob your confidence uh, of applying for other jobs and looking for something better for yourself, better plantation. The racism is still going to be there. Probably even be some more carries where you're going. At least find a situation that is better for you, especially if Carrie and this is really, really beginning to get on you. You said if it's if it's triggering you and what have you. I would say, hey, let me let me work on something else. Uh, and even, hey, if she doesn't work for me, like I'd be trying to say, like, is it any way that we can minimize this? Because she's missing a lot of days. And so she's behind on work and she's behind. And now I'm getting behind. I'm investing lots more time and energy. And this is someone I'm not her manager. Can her manager get someone who's going to actively train her correctly so that she doesn't need as much handholding metaphor they like to use? I know this might be Carrie might even be a part of the coordinated racist attack, right? The time we talked about that a lot today. The time wasting just keep sending old Lane Carrie over to the black female. Just keep doing that. Keep doing that <laughs> to get on her nerves, wear her down, give all dump all the extra work on her. And even incidentally, I agree when she said that she had to take a sick day uh, of the victim who wrote in and this lazy white was, oh, I got to be out, too. I totally believe that that sort of thing could happen. You have a lot of, especially if they're lazy and they just want to dump off on the black person. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call out to you. I'll make up any excuse. Anywho, we did our three hours. Uh, I was able to get the blue gum monkey report posted uh, online. Feel free to check. I will remember that. Like what? I didn't even have it in. I hadn't even seen that. I didn't even hear about that they didn't talk that they didn't say that i guess that you can evaluate for yourself do you think it would have been better for the report to include that blue gum monkey
put that in the regular report. Don't just link that so that you have to be nosy. Like, what racial slurs did they call them down in Florida? The Lone Wolf Management Company. <laughs> what? Is that ramp? Like, how many times? That's the question. I'm like, is this a one-time thing? Or was this like the nickname for their black employee? BGM. <sighs> Compensatory call-in Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Much obliged for folks who tuned in live or archive. Uh, take deep breaths. Say that again in the workplace. Like, man, try as best we can on the job, especially from white people, non-white people, not to take things personally. Take a big yogi breath or 50 of them, as many as you can. Get some water. Take a walk. To always talk about going to the bathrooms, but keeping your composure in the workplace and definitely uh, not getting into any sort of altercation, especially not with a non-white person or anyone else in the workplace. Expect to be mistreated and then have a code for how you want to respond, but expect to be mistreated. If it haven't, hasn't, if it hasn't happened yet, it's coming. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. We need functioning brain computers to solve our problems uh, in addition to being sober if you're out and about you are buckled not on your cell phone and paying attention paying attention to what's happening around you doing the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no name calling no reckless production of offspring cow signing out thanks all for tuning Goodbye. in Goodbye. nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim What's brother you're a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>